As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. That, that's just okay wow that was uh the clearest diagnosis thing that could have possibly happened okay so now i need to not breathe or move my elbow weirdly uh do i move my elbow weirdly normally there we go all right i mean rob stop burning pod you want to talk about your elbow please do it after the intro costanza-esque <laughs> goofy you know what i I've never heard that comparison, and yet I've a lot of things are clicking into place now that you said it, Austin. <laughs> Wait, what do you say, Rob is? Costanza-esque. Costa- oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> Just this one thing. I wasn't making a wider proclamation. As someone who can be Costanza-esque myself, I, like, I should be careful. Yeah. In the Costanza group chat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hang on. The The reason the show works is because we are all those people. Like, are you telling me that Patrick trying to claw back money is not also like Costanza-esque? It is, yes. We're saying that the true everyman actually is I mean, Costanza despite yes. being the butt of the Co- joke like, of the show. Patrick yes. is on a podcast that's going to come out this week talking about his new family car being a company car. And I, oh, almost, recorded the- a, I almost recorded a stinger where it's like, I need to be clear. Not a remap company car. <laughs> Folks. 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 You should do that because people will be. You, you, wait, did you not say it was a Katie company car? No, it's it's through my S-Corp. Oh, I it's see. It's a. Patrick Inc. It's a, it is a uh, Patrick Inc. company car. Company car. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah. we could, it, I mean, Rob, you've seen how those flush. Like, you want to, you want to come on? <laughs> oh, Chicago? we could, It might be a remap company car. We need to haul stuff. <laughs> We're going hauling. Okay, that'll the that'll be the remap ca- tailgate real. mobile. This I is mean, real. Oh, do you got to come to Chicago? We Tickets are, are very hot. cheap right now, Rob. Tickets well, are very Patrick's cheap. Patrick's got the backup running, right? I do. Oh, are we We're catching it? all of it. I'm yeah. recording, yeah. We can just put this yeah. back in. Yeah, the backup's going. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Is this just the intro? We it might be. Yeah. I was thinking about this. So guess what showed up today? Uh-huh. What showed up today, Rob? Uh, I, <laughs> it was delayed in shipping. So today I finally got my official Chicago Bears hoodie. <laughs> Congrats, Just in time for a warm front to hit Lowell and for the bear season to be over. Like, basically, this goes straight in the trash. If you just waited, it probably would have well, been a 20% discount because they're probably having trouble moving merch at the moment. But the no wind bowl is this weekend. That's so true. That's true. Race to, the, race to the bottom bowl. Um, yeah. who, uh, who can get there faster? I was talking like I am considering I'm like there's a part of me that is tempted to buy Sunday ticket to see this game you should yeah be, because like it could be a game that like instantly somebody loses their jobs instantly like, you, for, like it could be the literal like goodbye yeah, someone's being just, left have you yeah. signed up at all because you get a seven day free trial you can just oh, get in but, there and then if you well I'm going to set a reminder yeah, to yeah, bug yeah, you to yeah, cancel okay. it because I don't that's the problem. I don't believe I will I'll set a reminder Rob sign up for it I will set a reminder to remind you to cancel it, and then you can let me know. I believe it has a seven-day free trial on YouTube. So. Yeah. 
I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, if I'm, if I'm loopy, um, it is because they're doing something in the basement, the basement that I'm going to have to pay like $20,000 for in spring. Uh, but without any warning or notice, they were like, we're just putting a ton of epoxy down here. You don't mind if we just spray this sucker down with epoxy. You're you? so high up. I mean, you would think that you would think, Patrick, that would be some sort of factor. <laughs> well, remind me, Rob, doesn't your building just have a giant shaft as an AC? Just a kind of interconnected shaft yep. that makes all the apartments go together, including the basement. So I, I am seeing how it's I, I'm, I'm noticing a potential vector of attack for the epoxy. Yeah, this morning I was like, I'm in the middle of like, I'm still testing negative, so it's a slight COVID scare, but I was sitting there being like, man, I've got a pounding headache now today. I feel like Mm. shit. And then I go down to the kitchen, and it's like somebody is just like, all my food has been seasoned with nail polish remover. And I'm like, okay, something's, like, I'm either having a stroke or something messed up. And then I took the dog out, and as we got closer to the basement, it was was more and more unbearable. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Remap Radio. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and this is episode number 18 for September 29th, 2023. Today, we are joined by Patrick Klepek. Hey! Renata Price. Hello. And we welcome back our friend, Papa Bear himself, increasingly the only Papa Bear I recognize, George Hallis. Left left the franchise in unsteady hands. Botched his succession succession plan, uh, and so this is the true Papa Bear, Austin Walker. What's good, Internet? Is it really? Do we really judge those who left by those who they 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 leave behind? Yeah, I guess we kind of do. Yeah, we do. What else are we supposed to do? <laughs> I don't know. Judge the one. How did they run things when they were there? He wasn't good. That's the, I mean, that's the real thing. It's like people are like oh George Hallis, right. founder well, of the. That's the thing. It's like if by leaving bad people behind after you, if your succession plan has fallen apart, that might actually re- you know reflect on how you ran things when you were around, too. So maybe maybe worth a reevaluation. I mean, this is where we're at. I can't uh, judge the on-field product anymore. So now I'm doing a historical study of the family members, and uh, <laughs> like this is where we're at as Bear fans. Can't watch Justin Fields. Couldn't do that anymore. But what about the family tree? How are we feeling about that? <laughs> we're doing Crusader Kings out here. I'm sorry. His his other nicknames. So his nicknames is George Stanley Hallis Senior, Papa Bear, and also Mister Everything. Miss Who called him that? <laughs> he gave himself that. That's he gave himself that. That's a, that's a self-appointed nickname. I can feel it. Call me Mr. Everything. I hate this <laughs> Papa Bear shit. They should call me Mr. Everything. I don't know what his voice is. He says like, he swiss, swigs a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> that's in my mind exactly it. Cigar in oh. hand. <laughs> I was also thinking, like, Patrick and Austin and I are still in, we have our football group chat, but I was thinking about how the vibe has shifted, because, like, <laughs> Austin, Austin's always, like, in the throes of pa- near panic uh, yeah. with the Eagles, the Eagles and they, they can be a panic-inducing team, but at the same time, it does feel like when you're a tight group of friends, but you're in your dirtbag eras, uh-huh. and when one of the friends gets their life together and stops <laughs> being a piece of shit... And the group swarms as if in defense to be like, oh, looks like somebody's too good to get high at 11 a.m. And second screen pornography while watching The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, guess oh. someone's too oh. good oh. for us King now. Cobra, the king of malt liquor beers duct taped to your hands isn't enough to get through the evening think- anymore. I just Chardonnay. Think we a little more money. We could go get beer. We actually like to drink. 
It's not that big of a deal. We the Seven Eleven is next to the liquor store. It's next to the Bev Barn. We just go to the Bev Barn instead of going to the Seven. We got everything we need right here, Austin. We got everything we need right here. All right, I gotta. I I, I filled that fridge with Colt Forty Five. Now you're saying you don't want to drink it? It's it's Colt Forty Five and cold taquitos in there, and it's time for us to grow up a little bit. Get a quarterback who actually <laughs> pulls something off. That's what I'm it like, is. Oh, someone's got a quarterback now. Oh, wow. Someone Ooh, doesn't so want to hang out with us. I'm not afraid. Listen, my guy throws interceptions, too. It's not that big of a deal. You know, you just kind of need a whole offensive system and a, and a defense. <laughs> that works. And What do they call know, those? Offensive line? Do they have that at the 7-Eleven? Like, do we get, like, a budget one. one of those? I think that's where the Bears got their offensive line, though. It's like, <laughs> hey, big fella. You look like you played some O-line in your day. Come on back. I'm sorry. Uh, All right. I'm sorry. It is what it is. It, it is what it is. It is. Listen, at least like the Eagles are getting a fair bit of national TV exposure. They're a fun team to watch. And I need all the fun football I can possibly <laughs> well, Rob, get. Rob, we're right getting now. national are... TV exposure, but it's because yeah. <laughs> Taylor Swift is chest bumping <laughs> while only... their boyfriend is like stunned. That's... Did you see? Did you see? That the, the Travis Kelsey touchdown, in which I believe uh-huh. Taylor Swift then goes like, let's fucking go, like up in the suite uh-huh. with Mrs. Kelsey, a sweet woman. The Kelsey brothers are, are wonderful. It's fine. Great. But uh, he, apparently they, you know, have like the, you know, on, on-field mics and stuff like that, and they pull out select plays. And Travis Kelsey looked at the Bears' defense and said, no, no I'm not running my route. And he didn't run his route. He didn't tell Patrick Mahomes. He was just like, there's just going to be a space in the back. I'm just going to run to it. And he ran to it and it caught the ball. Oh, I mean, it's beautiful. Like backyard like, shit. Who, who like wouldn't want that from their, their you know, a, a player in their in their quarterback? But against us, you know, delightful. Yeah, that's I watched their little podcast. I've never watched their podcast, the Kelsey Brothers. For people who don't know, uh, Travis Kelsey is probably the best tight end in the league at this point. Um, and uh, his brother, Jason Kelsey, is probably the best center, which are like wildly different positions, right? Jason Kelsey is like an on-field tactician slash biggest man in the room, push people exactly where you need them to go, read the defense and open things up. And Travis is like just incredibly uh, big, 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 strong, smart tight end who's uh, like a receiver position. Classy Gronk. Like he's got, he does have the frat boy energy, but like, in, like, but would take you home if I mean, you had too much to drink. Like, sort of. Like, yes. he's out here doing COVID, like jab shot commercials, yes. getting dragged by the right. Like, yes. like Gronk yeah. is writing shit on your face. If, <laughs> it, it, like, if you get too drunk, that's and that's how it's gonna go. They're both world class athletes, and they're both they they played each other in the Super Bowl last year because the Chiefs and the Eagles uh, went head to head, and they have a podcast together. And and Jason's like. I don't know, six years older than him, eight mm-hmm. years old, something like that. He's on like the verge that. of retirement, like kind of just keeps coming back for one more year. Right. And he's still great. So, like, you, know, you have to hope that there's not going to be a big bad injury that it spoils the end of his career or whatever. Um, uh, it's a really funny age gap difference between the two of them because Jason feels like Rust Belt, like white dude Ohio guy. And Travis Kelsey went to school with some black folks, you can tell. Um, <laughs> well, I've heard he, he has a voice he slips into, right? He 100% like, does. 100% uh-huh, okay. does. And like the slang he uses and mm-hmm. the you know what it's a generational difference mm-hmm. um in a real way and it is absolutely a I know how you talk with your black 
your black uh-huh. co-athletes, like your team. I can hear it, dude, <laughs> uh, which is fine. Like I'm, you know, whatever. I'm not here to check his priors, right? Um, uh, and but I listened to their podcast, and it was extremely funny. They waited to talk about the Taylor Swift situation for like 40 minutes and instead <laughs> talked about things like a picture of Jason Kelsey being handed a spork. Um, and <laughs> it's like really dragged it out, like really dragged it out. And then finally, Look, you want to have them here listen to the mid roll ads, right? You want to make sure they also, yeah. <laughs> we have to, we have to. I know this is not what this podcast is, eh. but I need it's very weird to hear like. Actual pro sports athletes do reads for like one day <laughs> fantasy betting. They shouldn't do it. And like they have to leave during part of it and have another guy <clears throat> come up and give actual recommendations for what to do. Cause legally, as, as pro athletes, they can't, or like contractually. That's weird that they can read any of it and that it's not. They just... can read most of it. And when it comes to giving an advice, giving advice, they have to step away and take their headphones off. Oh, is this so like when they'll know. say, hey, in this week, we're boosting this bet if Travis Literally. Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes both score a touch? Like, no, oh, it's not even that. It's like if the guy comes on and he's like, just vote – just pick any Miami player because the, oh. the specific thing that they're doing is like 1v1 fantasy, daily fantasy thing where it's like uh, you – there will be – you pick a guy and it goes up against somebody else basically. Okay. You get a list of people and then they get assigned like they're dueling. 1v1 me, bro. And and his advice was like just pick any Miami player that comes up or pick Travis Kelsey. And like that's not any – like if, like – that's not like a, a, an elite bet that like, okay, well, if we hit these terms, we all uh-huh. win a million. You know what I mean? But even still, legally, they're just like not allowed to be near it, I guess. Bizarre. Um, which is right. They shouldn't <clears throat> be. But the fact that they can read the beginning and the end of the ad, but then have to literally put earmuffs on, you know, and step away from and the then play, And then players it's, in the field are getting like banned for entire seasons for like – you can bet off the facility, but not on the facility. Sort of like <laughs> weird bad. stuff. It's it's it's. I hate it. I, I like truly hate how much sports betting is just everywhere, right yeah. in the front. The fact that like sportscasters do sports betting ads is like. Oh, I know this is like it's always existed, but and I I'm from, I'm from Atlantic City. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. gambling is around, uh, but there's something very weird about the wall having broken down, and now it's just like everywhere. And now there's a tech that's about to roll out over the next year where the speed of the the betting is down to you'll be able to gamble on an individual play. Like, say, Hail Mary is coming up or a fourth down. Like, you'll be able to do that level of – yeah, I know. Dude, I know. it's bad. <laughs> I know. People should go listen to the Game Study Study Buddies episode on a book called Addiction by – people should go read Addiction by Design. But uh, if you if you, if you you can't do that because you're busy, go listen to the Game Study Study Buddies episode on Addiction by Design, um, which is a book about uh, – from, from Natasha Scholl about um, the – the history of gambling uh, and the the way the way casinos function and and I mean this is also a our our world problem over here in video games you know um, a lot of that tech finds its way over into the old into the old gotcha gotcha game uh, as much as I I have liked a gotcha game in my time Whew, you know all that stuff well, well speaking of like bad the- news. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, and the, the techniques of uh, microtransactions and keeping people in the company store uh, will not save you, is not an insulator from, from bad things happening. Uh, Patrick, today's already been a kind of brutal morning in the games industry. Uh, I guess we might as well lead off with the big news here, which is major layoffs at Epic. 
Yeah, according to Jason Schreier of Bloomberg, Epic is laying off 16% of their employees, which uh, comes up to around 900 people. Um, this also comes on the in a 24-hour period where Epic also announced that Fortnite V-Bucks are more expensive. Could be a coincidence, but there is something deeply unsettling about... The age of growth is over. <laughs> the <laughs> age of extraction has dawned. Um... V bucks, you know, like a thousand V bucks in Fortnite, which you used to buy, you know, in app purchases, going from like set like a thousand for seven ninety nine to a thousand for for eight ninety nine. We don't have a ton of details as we record this in terms of what's happening. Uh, Schreier has has shared uh, a, a few more uh, details, uh, uh, basically that like folks were cut out of Slack uh, this morning, which obviously is always a an indicator that you. You might be getting laid off. Other people might be getting laid off. For us at Waypoint, like, hey, we kept our emails and we still got laid off. So not, you know, not always. Um, uh, And uh, apparently there's an all hands meeting happening later today. Epic employees are getting six months severance and health benefits. Um, Oh, according to Jason, Epic is also divesting from two previous acquisitions. It is selling Bandcamp. Um, and to the just buy Bandcamp? Not that yeah. long ago in the didn't, in the grand scheme of things. And also, there were unionized. There was a tension over their unionization efforts, um, and that uh, Epic was trying to clamp down on that. I don't have the specifics of that in front of me. But you were right; something to, uh, to that effect did occur. Um, and it's spinning out the marketing company, Super Awesome, um, to operate independently. I don't have a great sense of what they were doing my um, there, but uh, obviously, big changes uh, at Epic. But if you you know were to pull out of you're like, oh, I wonder how Epic is. Like, well, Fortnite seems to be making them a ton of money. Everyone uses Unreal Engine. Why would that company have to lay off 15% of its, 16% of its workforce? So we don't have details on that, but I do believe we are coming up on financial quarterly reporting. So unfortunately, this is the moment where you're going to see a lot of companies making those sorts of moves, including, <clears throat> which came right alongside this, Sega uh, announcing that Creative Assembly's upcoming but no longer upcoming uh tragically uh multiplayer game hyenas uh has been canceled following its first sort of public play test at gamescom and then also a uh a beta that had been occurring at least relatively recently you know creative assembly is broadly known on this podcast and elsewhere for things like the total war series um or also uh but uh they, alien they also isolation. Done an alien isolation. I I believe right. broadly a lot of alien isolation creatives <clears throat> left the company, but like that sort of branch of the studio is what went to then work on uh hyenas and uh-huh. uh that game just will not be coming out. It was out this year. It was supposed to be Soon. out this year. Soon. That was Yes, like like that's why you do a big push at Gamescom. That's why you do a yeah. you know, a private sort of like NDA beta to a bunch of, of folks is to start figuring out the the final elements, you know, server capacity for a game like that. And there have been reports online today that from folks that are more familiar, like out of the UK press, saying that that development apparently had been very troubled, um, But and there were mm. uh, discussions of that game going free-to-play at the last second. But, you know, Creative Assembly, a studio we like quite a bit. Hyenas wouldn't have been the direction I chose for that studio after Alien Isolation, but... No. Uh, Which you know. is brutal, right? Because it's like... Is that is, did that team decide <clears throat> unilaterally? Like 
I, I, you know, who knows? I don't want to. It's always complicated, with right? Their, with their, with their, yeah. right, 100% it is. But it's a bummer to be like, okay, we are this close to shipping this thing. And then it doesn't see the light of day. Um, I was in a closed beta for that a while ago, which, and yeah, it was a game, you know? And, yeah. and you know, I, I get the, it's one of those things where it's like, could you really not see from three years ago, from two years ago, the fear that you have now that like you're going to release this thing and it's going to come and go and like it's going to come out and maybe you'll be able to support people for six months on it, which, you know, was better than this, frankly. Uh, it would still have been better from in my mind for them to have released this, seen how it went, continue to support their people and, and you know, see if, if you could pivot some of them onto a different project. But I don't know. Yeah, this is like Lawbreakers levels of just like grabbing the eject handle as quickly as possible. Fucking Lawbreakers uh, came out though, right? Or did yeah, that's true. But they didn't give it long uh, no. before they before they gave it the hook, which uh, you know to this day I think is kind of a shame. But the, I think the other part of this is I wonder if any of this team has some continuity with Total War Arena because they were trying to hack a way to get like persistent uh, like right. free to play multiplayer going attached to the total war license for years they did you know uh, exhibition esports tournaments for it and such they experimented with a lot of different formats to you know what seemed what i'm sure seemed like an actual fit right like multi total war multiplayer free to play like it should go together and it never really did and i do wonder if this was an attempt to recoup some of the like hires they made to get get that fired up and some of the uh research they did on like spinning up that type of game, but it's, it's, it's an odd, it's an odd saga really uh, for, you know, the entire thing. Do you see a brutal tweet here? This is from eight months ago. Um, you have to click through to see both of them. Um, this is uh, epic uh, uh, founder and CEO, Tim Sweeney with a, uh, a tweet in which um, tech company oh, management dude. during a recession this is from January 26th um, mm-hmm. of this year. Um, and that's a, <clears throat> Is that from Reservoir Dogs? Is that from Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dogs? yeah. 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 You know, yeah. a three-person shootout, you know, tech companies laying uh-huh. off everybody, and then the follow-up tweet is epic during a recession. It's a really and- dog shit capture of Gladiator. <laughs> it's like, where? It's a dog shit capture of Reservoir Dogs, too. What? Hey, it's him. Take it off of a VHS tape in 1991? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, and that's just... That's just, you know, that was just earlier this year. Um, now, granted, Tim Sweeney... Stepping in it online has become a relative constant uh, these days, but that's particularly it's, you know, not to defend any layoffs, but like sometimes when it's like, oh, it's, you know, a certain team is spun down certain like it's a couple of people. It's a small, but like 50, 16 percent of your company, 900 people is I mean, that's exactly what these tech companies were doing was just taking advantage of a quote unquote recession, you know, inflationary measures to shrink their companies and i don't know if that's just happening here but you know not even a full year later and you already look like a complete ass yeah yeah and he hasn't said shit about this yet did they did they make any sort of statement along with these no layoffs? you did usually get the, anything um the statement along with the all hands uh yeah. you know what i mean that stuff kind of goes yeah. uh alongside one another but it's just brutal these days because you know i talked to someone you know that was part of the, the bioware layoffs uh recently and you know, it's just to find out – well, we, we, I mean we've all been through the very interviews. But to find out the status of your job by like logging on to Twitter um, as opposed to – or like getting locked out of a Slack as opposed to just like the most – like a more humane way <laughs> of that <laughs> happening. Um, just no company seems capable of doing that. And if that's because of 
legal risk, you know, it's it's pretty fucked. That's the situation that we find ourselves in. You I think we've also probably seen enough that we can conclude the most corporate HR people are not particularly talented or bright. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I feel yeah, I confident agree. now mm-hmm. in reaching mm-hmm. that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not that is not a profession that attracts like people who are showing up to like, I want to do stuff and do it well. So I think that, that is that is probably a that is probably part of the story. Yeah. I think I feel like, um, you know, there was that I don't know if you all remember this back. I would say it was last year. Lewis Gordon wrote that that piece on uh, game industry consolidation, uh, like all the mergers and acquisitions that were happening. I want to say it was for the ringer. Um, And in it, the thing that was so striking at the time was you had people from might have been epic. I actually think it was Tencent, but people should just go look it up being like this time it's different. This time, we're bringing on companies to do what they're good at. That's happening all around the industry. Like, we're not just acquiring them and, like, siphoning out the talent to put in different places. This, this you know, this new era of acquisitions is about helping people do what they already do great. And it's been a year, and we've seen how that's gone. Or it's been a couple of years of this now, in between all the Embracer group stuff and now this. Embracer's at the I heart of this story. Clear. It's the great yes, consolidation 100%. of the video game industry from August 2022. Um, yeah. And yes, it was at the ringer. But uh, yeah, at the heart of this was essentially like, you know, the mid-2000s. Or, or 2022 is like the height of Embracer's fr- like freewheeling. And we have seen what that has wrought, which is like ruining people's lives, like having no actual plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least with Epic, like they have a war chest. They have a, g- a game that makes billions yeah. Yeah. of dollars. They have cultural relevance. Like Embracer has has none of those, had none of that. Like you could see the cliff coming for that company a mile away. And so that's what makes me like so much more curious about how does how does Epic explain something like this? Is this the result of five years of massive spending on the Epic game store to try and steal right. away uh, Steam's user base by essentially subsidizing game development and taking less, you know, of a, of a split and bragging about that. And then suddenly, Hey, you've got to pay for, for those things, or they no longer want to spend that kind of money. And then suddenly when you're not spending billions to just essentially buy off gamers to come to your platform on the Epic game store platform, like for all of steam's faults, like, it's a shit platform. Like, it's not good to use. Uh-huh. It, it does not have basic functionality. Steam's its own mess. Uh, but, like, it's a it's a pretty good thing to use, like, all told. Um, wrinkles and all. Relatively speaking, yeah. anyway. I was, uh, sorry, I was just thinking about the, the, the war chest they should have, have and everything. I think the, 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 the illusion is that like any of these places with large war chests will ever dip into them. Like this is this is always the conversation around like university endowments, right? Well, why can't they pay? Why can't they pay like uh, janitorial staff and physical plant services staff or grad students who do all the actual teaching and work at a typical like research university? Uh, you know, you're sitting on these billions of dollars. Why won't you spend it? Well, that's not for spending. That's for that's for investing. That's for holding on to it and like parceling, parceling out bits and pieces uh, out of the interest for usually more capital investment and not stuff like wages. So, yeah, it's all like I think these companies coming out of the entire experience with Vice. I think you almost have to approach your relationship with a lot of these companies, particularly when you're thinking about 
what the terms of your employment are going to be or if it comes time to bargaining is if like everything is in bad faith, like yeah. that, that they will that they will try the like nothing they say to sort of reassure you about the health of the company or the future of it is necessarily going to hold true the minute there's a like, you know, drop of blood in the water uh, because they are just like they're just not going to behave in a way commensurate with what the circumstances are of the company. They will immediately go to full like panic mode, uh, make cuts. And likewise, if things go real bad, they are going to find out ways. They're going to find ways of weaseling out of commitments they make. Um, yeah. And that's just, that's just where, where things are. Uh, speaking of weaseling. Sorry. Can I just say one more thing on the acquisition thing? Yeah. Uh, so the thing that I have just like found really weird about the whole like acquisition streak recently was the fact that like the games industry is still talked about as a like really like hits driven like like executives still talk about it as like a oh cool we need like the four games that extract like the maximum amount of value and then a bunch of publishers suddenly went on acquisition sprees which would suggest a strategy that is like oriented around like diversifying your like mark like diversifying like what you're investing in and like having a bunch of like smaller payouts uh but like distributed across like a much more stable business enterprise and it feels like someone made that like strategic decision and then no one followed through on it and then it just like led to these companies being strangled out because they were being put into like a strategic system that doesn't actually facilitate like what they needed yeah Yeah. I think there's like a bigger, not a bigger question, right? But like, um, so many of these layoffs have come around. I mean, in the embracer stuff, you have to kind of bracket off and say like, this was a nightmare. I maybe you don't break it off because I think it's maybe it is emblematic of of the sort of decisions that that executives are making. But in some ways, the but, least real of the companies. Yeah, everyone, screen, right? you could just look at it and like embracer this seems like, like a bad idea. Group? <laughs> yeah. Like. It's the villain in a straight to VHS nineteen eighties action movie. Oh, Tim Sweeney loves capturing those those films, though. You know, I'm it's sure true. he's got a copy yeah, exactly. of it. He's getting up a it's sick banger tweet to explain group. these layoffs. Yes, um, but uh, there is also something happening with like I think the hyenas one hits me really hard in the not hard, but it hits me in the sense of like, wow, like hyenas feels like the thing most driven. It feels like a game that was driven by where we were at in video games five years ago, right? Three years ago, that's three years ago, let's say like the, the height of the extraction shooter starting to like, ooh, that's could that be the next Battle Royale? But, um, but even the most modest, to that. modestly scoped AAA game is going to have to project th- three, four, five years into the future based totally, on... Totally, 100%. It takes forever to make a video game, right? I mean, like Bungie's making Marathon an extraction shooter, right? Yeah. Like that's still responding to that, to that you know, t- game type being like, hmm, could we make the one that really breaks? Like Tarkov did okay. Uh, Call of Duty uh, uh, what's the what's there Warzone DMZ. two yeah, yeah DMZ or whatever uh, is is obviously huge um, like could, could we like own it in that way uh, but it feels like a lot of it is the you know seven years ago what you did is you made a single player game and had a multiplayer mode attached to it maybe you had a really good multiplayer mode attached to it and everyone was like convinced that's the way you do it and then like that we all learned otherwise you know PUBG blows up Fortnite blows up uh Call of Duty ships with just Titanfall 2 ships with just the or Titanfall 1 ships with just the multiplayer mode Call of Duty eventually starts selling just the multiplayer mode by itself 
we lean on this idea that like, oh no, multiplayer is the way to go. And there are other big games in the space, especially over COVID, right? Phasmophobia blows up as a single player or as a multiplayer game, among us, obviously, like Fall Guys, like a huge thing. And when I look at like a company goes, oh, Hyenas isn't going to make enough to even be worth releasing. How many other multiplayer games are coming down the line where people can go, well, let's just write it off before we even release it. Why spend the marketing money? Why even go forward yeah. with the with the ad buy? I mean, we Ubisoft does this a lot. Here. Like they have actually spun sure. up and then spun down. Like at this point, you can start counting them on two hands: multiplayer games that then yep. don't really go anywhere. I can't fully, but it does seem like they have a, at least like a process in place where it's like, well, we tried. Well, this like, one's not going to stick. We're going to move that team. Some like it doesn't like they're chasing here. Siege too, right? Like Siege, they did it right. They it launched. It didn't do great at launch. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, and then they found it, right? And they got a really healthy, big community, and it became a faucet of money for them. But, like, <clears throat> and I guess maybe, like, For Honor, they maybe also, For Honor is still releasing content, right? But I don't know that Roller Champions is, mm-hmm. or or um, Ra- Rainbow Six Extraction, what was or whatever the, the name of the Cyberpunk one. There was a futuristic one. There's a zombie uh, one. That's the one I'm thinking. The zombie. I mean, this, the the cyber one, I, I can only remember because. Uh, um, our, our friend, our, all of our uh, Air Pope was the community manager on that one. I think. <laughs> they, oh they, yeah, that's gone. I'm trying. To, yeah, like the, Wait, Ubisoft has a dime one, a dozen of those. Didn't that one get turned into the Ubisoft faction shooter? Wait, no, it's, it's a different game. Sorry, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's not a Rainbow Six game. It is tied to the division, but I can't remember when the name of it. It's like the division. No, the one I'm thinking of is absolutely a Rainbow Six. Game. There's a Cyberpunk one though that I think is so like X. Tom Clancy's X Defiant. X Defiant, sorry. Just, yeah. I'm yeah, thinking of different Hyperscape. Yes, you a are. A free-to-play first-person battle royale game developed by Ubisoft Montreal from 2020. What um, am I thinking of? You're thinking, are you thinking of Rainbow Six Extraction from 2022, the zombie one? No, you're not thinking of that? You're thinking Maybe. of another one? Let me, let me actually, wait. Are you thinking of the crew Motorfest, which apparently came out? 14 days ago i'm not let me check something i am gonna have to check something real quick you you just you just give me a second huh x defiant is in a beta test as we speak that's the crossover time clancy verse yes one. yes right anyway it goes to uh, based like, on his, like, his, his famous x defiant uh property <laughs> uh it was jack ryan and some plucky teenagers uh, joined team team up with op center to wait, foil. is this real? Uh, wait, okay, no, no, I'm this right. is fake. Okay, but it could have been. I, 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 I think I'm, I think I'm right. Yeah, X Defiant is 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 the is the one that has the reason that I thought it was like the Ubisoft cross is because it has it DeadSec is. as a faction. Yeah, DeadSec's in there as a faction. DeadSec's in there. Okay, so yes, DeadSec, this is the, that's the, the division. Okay. That's the echelon from Splinter. So yeah, I guess My Watchdogs bad. is not Tom Clancy's Watchdogs, right? Yeah, not yet. But now they're in the the Clancyverse. Apparently there's a Far Cry uh, uh, faction that's going to make its way into this game, too. Are they still releasing books with Tom Clancy's name, like, huge on the cover to pretend he's still alive writing? Well, it's like Tom Clancy's, but written by... (laughs) Yeah, it's like Tom Clancy Presents. I'm going to the website. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what... I think his son wrote some, some, maybe? Why not? You know, if you're if you're the if you if you got the same last name as like a famous author, like well, you so get you a ghostwriter. You have Tom here, Clancy. Do you weapons, see this, this, Tom, Tom yeah. Clancy weapons grade, a Jack Ryan Jr. novel by Don Bentley. 
Wow. Yeah. The aftermath of a shocking crime How sends Jack names? Ryan Jr. down a path that leads to international destruction in the latest entry in this number one New York Times best-selling series. Yeah, it seems like Mark Cameron and Don Bentley They seem, seem to, to be, be the, the yeah. Like they're real? Huh. Sorry, Patrick, can I get the amount of names in that title again? In, in, that, in that phrase, in the phrase you Tom said? Clancy, I just see a Jack okay. Ryan Jr. novel by Don Bentley. Okay, three, but my question is, do we count count it for Jack Ryan yes. and Jack Ryan Jr.? Because yes. those are two different like, names. One of those puzzles where it's like, how many squares do you see in this, in this exactly. image? You have to make sure you count the outside square, too. <laughs> Oh, this is so sick! I, I no, I'm thrilled now. Uh, I've scrolled back on the Penguin Random uh, Penguin Random House page, uh, book one, The Teeth of the Tiger. Tom Clancy asterisk brings Jack Ryan's son, Jack Ryan Jr., to the forefront. In this number one New York Tom Times Clancy's bestselling dead. thriller. Tom Clancy didn't bring nobody nowhere. Hold on. Wait, in the, so I'm, I loaded up the excerpt from Sorry, Weapons Grade and. Wait, at the beginning of this book, it says principal characters. Now, obviously, we got your Jack Ryan Juniors. Of course, we know he's the star in the novel. But also, yeah. Jack Ryan, president of the United States. Yeah, you didn't know this? Is oh, that where yeah. that that character ends up? Okay. Yeah, dude. Okay. It's real stupid. Oh, dude. So, oh, wait. Yeah. Sorry. Did you not real? Okay. So, actually, you know what? Y'all, Tom Clancy might have introduced Tom uh, Jack Ryan Jr. The first of these books came out in 2004. He died in 2013. Ooh. That's so Legacy, now I'm actually curious. Legacy, much like we were talking about the Bears, ha- Papa Bear Hallis right, and the Cassidy's, right. uh, Tom Clancy left a legacy behind his IP and then also Jack Ryan Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, there was an, you said Tom Clancy with an asterisk. No, just, I was re- kidding about oh, like how he's, he's extremely okay. dead. But, but yeah, <laughs> for about 20 years before he died, he started outsourcing novels. Right, like right, he. Right. He had the op the op center novels, which was like, God, only Tom Clancy could find this premise interesting. It was like a group of Washington bureaucrats who were the best bureaucrats in the world have created the op center to stand in Wolf Blitzer's situation room and react to things happening around the world. And every one of these was like written by someone else. You say only Tom Clancy could come up with that. I think anyone in the Obama administration could come up with that yeah. also. That's, That's a certain fantasy of, of uh, you know, competence happening. Here's what I love. On the website, there's just a picture of Tom Clancy doing his <laughs> yeah. little lean, and it says follow underneath, and it goes to a Facebook page. I'm, he's oh, eventually we're gonna, we will all follow him. Uh, <laughs> wow. <someday>. True. <laughs> Be True. not afraid. Shit, I got to read these. Like Jack no. Ryan Jr., He's out there doing Jack Ryan stuff. Uh, But yeah, no, Patrick. So the the key thing to understand is he became president Mm -hmm. because when he served under fictional Bill Clinton, who was unworthy of the office with all his philandering, uh, fictional Bill Clinton. Does fictional Bill Clinton have like a a sexual uh, adventure that leads to his downfall? Is it that spot on? Oh, no, no. Oh, it's oh, it's it's more misogynistic than that. (laughs) Uh, Fictional Bill Clinton. Fictional Bill Clinton uh, appoints as his national security advisor uh, a woman academic. Oh no! And she's some of all fears, right? This is yep. the. Okay. How did you know that? I watched those movies. I was okay. I, I, 
young Austin read all oh, yeah. of Yep. Like you read a bunch of these and then became like, I love like me. Did you think without remorse was fucking awesome until he realized how incredibly misogynistic and racist it was visited without remorse. Actually. I'm really afraid to. It's really bad. Anyway. So yeah. fictional Bill Clinton has this lady academic as his national security advisor. And she's a real know-it-all and doesn't listen to Jack <laughs> Ryan, who she doesn't even know that he was like the savior of the red October uh, crisis. But the real reason her position is unassailable is because fictional Bill Clinton is nailing her. <laughs> but then fictional Bill Clinton like panics during a little nuclear crisis involving a stolen Israeli uh, warhead. And the Super Bowl, I think, gets blown up with a nuke. Um, and like That's tons correct. of people. Yeah, tons of people are killed. And at the end of it, he resigns in favor of fictional Colin Powell. And fictional Colin Powell uh, takes over and he is worthy of the office. He's good. Uh, but then a revanchist, uh, like Japanese imperialist, who's also the head of a Zaibatsu, mm-hmm. uh, has been working with conspiracy, conspiring factions around the globe to strike at, uh, the U S during the state of the union, uh, for, for revenge, uh, for, for, for keeping the other great empires of the world down. And just before that happens, I can't remember what the device for this is. Jack Ryan is appointed vice president because there's like some sort of scandal. Uh, so he gets it's appointed the thing, right? Isn't it the like uh, the just like line of constitute like the? But I don't know where is he in the line of succession? He he gets made vice president. I think like right before he's the cool seven forty seven hits oh, the capital. Right, right, right. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then they hit the capital building during the during the State of the Union, and everyone gets killed except all the long-running characters in the Clancyverse. <laughs> and so Jack Ryan becomes president and appoints, like, his buddies from the previous novels yeah. as, uh, <laughs> as like, head of the CIA, uh-huh. head of... Uh, and then like he gives the lots of, like... the portal scene at the end of Avengers, except entering the White House. It's like, <laughs> and all these guys, you remember these guys? <laughs> They're yeah, here. They, <laughs> and that one's the Secretary of Transportation. I want agriculture. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like Pete Buttigieg walked uh, Jack Jack Ryan would never hang out with Pete Buttigieg. He would, he would not. He would. Uh, Pete, but Pete Buttigieg would like show up in Jack Ryan novels as like the the, the weasley bureaucrat the who sells out yeah, good uh-huh. good soldiers. Though that I was. Books are bad, honestly. man. I like I like like truly. Rainbow Six was a drug. Like I when I played Rainbow Six for the the personal computer yeah. and was like, oh, I have to read this book now. I have to become adverse to, and like little Austin be like, it's, it's, they're good because they're from all around the world. It's not just an American team unit. rainbow team <laughs> rainbow. Ding Chavez is their leader under Jack Clark, a nightmare, nightmare I, books. I, I made the mistake of clicking on the Facebook page and then going to the comments. Um, this page is still very active um, oh, I bet. and it's a mixture of, um, you know, it's a lot of boomers, you know, obviously loving the Clancy books. Um, it's it's a lot of I have to be frank posts. And then under the replies, to those posts are just like outright pornography that has not been filtered out by <laughs> the content moderators over here. And then in addition to that is is it Clancy porn? Yeah, yeah. no, it's that. no, it's it's um, well, double was, check. Um, I don't oh, even so know how to characterize. No, it's just like 
<laughs> oh, so oh, so I can't say. Okay, hold on. Oh, so porn I can't might, say porn Jack might, Ryan's hog. Porn might be a generous interpretation of this. It mostly just looks like horrible things, like horrible things going wrong on the body, and then people just posting photos and videos of that. So I, I, maybe porn to someone. I, I don't know. Not uh, anyway. It's otherwise Don Bentley just out here doing damage control for people who like miss Mr. Clancy. Many people oh, don't realize no. he's dead. And then no. other ones who are like, the books have gotten like substantially worse. And so there's oh. this one comment from Don Bentley who war- wrote this one. What was it? Weapon, weapons grade. Sad. Um, weapons grade. Yeah. Jack Ryan Jr. This, this comes from, from Gregory. Curious. How can Tom, all capitals, T-O-M, Tom Clancy, who's been dead for many years, write a new book, which will be released in 2024? Just asking. I did enjoy reading his books before he passed, though. Palm tree emoji, sunglasses emoji, <laughs> hang time emoji, <laughs> American flag emoji. Don Bentley. Hi, Gregory. Tom's estate selected a few writers to continue his legacy by writing in the universe he created. That's why his name is at the top of the book and mine's at the bottom. Happy reading. <laughs> Brutal. Wow. Look, Gregory, uh, you won't read Midlisters. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here, yeah. <laughs> if you would read my books as they are, I wouldn't need the big Tom Clancy name up top, you know? Um, the one that I love is – how did I find this? Where is this actually at? Uh, one of uh, In one of the comment sections, someone has made a video um, suggesting Tom Clancy's 007. Um, <laughs> are we all on this page? Oh, is this no, the, fa- no, the Facebook page? It's on the Facebook page. Uh, fuck, I just had it and I've, I've – oh, here. It's, I think it's in this comment thread. I'm going through many comment threads. <laughs> oh, yeah, here it is. All right, so if we go down, if we all go down – to the May 22nd Tom Clancy yep. updated their cover photo page. Don Bentley does it again and does it well with Forgotten War, blah, blah, blah. Open up more comments, right? Mm-hmm. And then scroll down past the first Robert Alston Jr. video post into the second one where there's a sideways video no. of Leo DiCaprio. I have to tilt my head here to get this. It's like a blingy. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a blingy. It's basically a blingy. If you look at this thing, it's again, it's a sideways TikTok. Oh yeah. That's a blingy. That's a blingy. It's just Tom Clancy. Oh, this is actually Tom Clancy's splinter cell cell. And this is dot 007 is the time he takes. And then there's like a worm clip art and then (laughs) Sam Fisher is in the back. I don't know what's going on. Oh, Austin, I'm loving this, this particular (laughs) treatment they've done of the word splinter cell. This is, Uh this is incredible. It's incredible. This is on a, it seems to be from a TikTok page. So maybe we could actually find the actual TikTok. I wonder if there's more (laughs) gold here. (sighs) <sighs> a TikTok that's just like dedicated to manifesting Leonardo DiCaprio is right. Sam Fisher 007. <laughs> sorry, oh, why? It's, sorry, it's real. Austin, why are there AirPods here? <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> there's two. There's two. There's just loose. There's there's three. There's, there's one the in. Oh, one is in. There's one in his ear, and there's two floating. No, 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 uh-huh. no, 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 no. Two pairs of AirPods. If you look closely to oh, the, the blue, if you is... look, there's a blue one underneath the other <laughs> two, and so there are in fact four AirPods. That's one of his gadgets. 
That's one of his gadgets. That's the classic Fisher verse gadgets. Yeah. If and I put these blacklist. on, if I put these in, they can't hear me. <laughs> oh, his classic microscope is there. I mean, we we all know, we all know. All know about Jack Ryan's classic microscope. I think they deleted this TikTok. I, I looked. I, I can't find account. it either. I, I and it's not here. The other ones from that like. There's like other stuff that I recognize from the Tom Clancy Facebook page, but this one is gone. Maybe they saw that they'd messed up the ear the the AirPods. <laughs> this is what you brought me on to talk about, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's right, make Rob, sure. Do you want to, what, do you want to talk about? Well, Corsair? we should probably take. Honestly, we should. Let's see. We're just 45 minutes into this episode. We're on the first block. Uh, really, the first story of the first block. Let's take a break. What's that with Don, Don Bentley? Well, Don Bentley isn't the only person having to explain some stuff online somewhat awkwardly. Uh, we also got a statement, an open letter to the Unity community from Mark Witten, uh, which seems like them trying to, once again, do damage control and a substantial walkback. Patrick, can you take us through a little bit what they're outlining here? Yeah, they're not getting rid of... The runtime policy, the idea where um, folks who are, you know, uh, developers who install, uh, you know, essentially like they want a fee based on the amount of times your game is installed. They have changed um, the fact that there's no runtime fee for games built on Unity Personal. They're increasing the cap on when that stuff kicks in from 100,000 to 200,000. And uh, no game with less than a million dollars in 12 months of revenue is subject to the fee. There's like there's a there is a backtrack. But they're not getting rid of the policy, like, as a whole. This is, they want to shift to this revenue model. Um, and, and one of the outs that is kind of giving people a little bit of time to figure out what's next is that um, th- this new runtime fee policy will only apply beginning in the next, what is, what is LTS? Latest LTS? I have to look that up. The, the next version of, of, of Unity shipping in 2024. The games that are currently shipped and projects you're working on aren't included but if you upgrade Unity, I think it's long-term support. I think long-term it's like term support. You'll that, get long-term support with this right, next. That makes sense. you know, like that this. This. Um, so essentially, like if you can finish the game with the version of Unity you're on, none of this will apply. The moment that you sort of like go to this, an updated version of Unity that that is you crossing over into this world in dealing with um, these policies. For and so they also point out that. For games that are subject to the runtime fee, we're giving you a choice of either a 2.5% revenue share or the calculated amount based on the number of new people engaging with your game each month. Both of those numbers are self-reported from data you already have available. You will also be always be billed the lesser uh, amount. Um, so it's I think it's yeah, I think if this was announced to begin with in this framework, I think it would probably give some people still pause over whether Unity is the engine they wanted to going forward but my guess is there would have been a lot less friction because there are at least multiple sort of out points that you can look to uh, in terms of how you wanted to consider your relationship with unity as a technology as a company uh going forward but yeah it's not a complete walk back it's not hey we're not doing that anymore um they obviously see this as a more sustainable uh way for for profiting from unity 
uh, as a service going forward. But um, it seems to have, you know, at least from a, in broad strokes, seems to have gotten a lot of developers to at least take a deep breath because it doesn't necessarily impact the game that they're working on if they can find a way to ship it within these confines, you know, uh, going forward. And it at least gives you a space to think about, is this particularly onerous or overly onerous if we choose to continue using Unity, you know, this project and beyond? Uh, I think it's fair to say, too, that, like, <laughs> the da- some damage has been done. There are definitely oh, projects... Sure. And also, and also, damage being done means different things in uh, an industry with such a long production cycle, because there's lots of games in production with any given engine, you know, that are too deep in to comfortably and quickly switch to something else. There are projects where that's feasible, or people who have the talent to make that sort of pivot over. Um, I know, like, I want to say one of the devs on Caves of Cud was like, listen, I'm moving over to Godot. Uh, and and I'm gonna like just do it. Like I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna get the code base up and, and running on this other thing. Um, I think that that's that's really tough for larger, um, uh, like more not larger Most projects, games. but many <laughs> games have a lot of have a lot of um, uh, you know things that rely on other things. Lots of lots of moving parts that are uh, I don't want to say more complex because Games of Cut is like a pretty complex game in many ways, right? Um, but dependencies. On, for instance, specific Unity uh, third-party tools or specific mm-hmm. functionality that Unity has for them. That da 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 da. Uh, and so you have lots of people who are just like, "Well, we're fucking stuck with this because we are three years into a four-year dev cycle, and we don't have, we literally don't have the budget to not ship next year. So we can't push this by a year or two. Um, and so now we're going to have to eat this loss, and then maybe on our next project we'll jump ship. Or people who are like, "We're going to eat this cost. It's not going to kill us." Uh, but I don't trust this company ever again, because why wouldn't they just pull this again in a year or two? Um, they're just going to push for this stuff over the next three big releases or whatever. And I think that loss of faith is huge. Uh, and I think it's uh, it's one of those moments also where you're like, oh, we're in a weird place as an industry. You, you, you The stuff comes into relief when you're like, oh, which of these two big you know companies that we have very little... Uh, uh, leverage over, you know, uh, is is going to ruin our lives next a little bit, right? Um, and so there is, there's, I think there have been a lot of conversations that I've that I've uh, seen happening around just like the state of the thing, you know, especially when the other companies, Epic, which, by the way, uh, Tim Sweeney put out a did put out a memo or sent a memo to his employees. I don't know if you saw uh, this, Patrick. I did not. Uh, you you, you find that? I, uh, I will, I'll, I'll pull that up while we're uh while we're talking uh, yeah so uh yeah i don't know I, I i think i think you're right though that like these this proposition is a lot easier to swallow than the initial one so uh yeah part of this memo is whatever the full text but uh tim sweeney's saying quote for a while now we've been spending way more money than we can earn uh fortnite creator profit margins not as big as fortnite was uh uh fortnite creator is sort of like this community like this these these tools within uh fortnite that allow you to kind of create games within fortnite very similar to how roblox operates in which roblox is not a game roblox is a right. platform for other games and fortnite we wanted to get into to that space um 870 jobs are eliminated but epic is still hiring and no more layoffs planned yeah i've heard that one before um uh-huh. what does that mean no more layoffs planned until you pl- um, until the other layoffs happen you know what i mean uh-huh. like <laughs> uh, yeah sometimes a layoff doesn't get planned until literally the night before <laughs> by accident mm-hmm. you know 
Oh, boy. You know what else CEOs can do, though? What? They can leave. Yeah. Presidents and CEOs can just can just peace out and go. I'm not gonna be here, uh-huh. uh, which is what uh, Jim Ryan appears to have done. Patrick, this kind of just looks like a guy who's had a good run though and is is calling time on it. Yeah, I don't. I you know I haven't done you know too much asking around about this personally, but like Jim Ryan's been at Sony for 30 years. Like start you know That's started wild. as a much lower level employee, worked worked his way up. Uh, I don't know where he started at Sony. I'd have to look that up, um, but. But has been there through an enormous number of transitions, essentially the totality of the PlayStation as as a platform, like going as far back as like Kaz Harai um, and and other folks who have been at that uh, company since that started as a CD-ROM uh, adapter for the Super Nintendo. Um, so, you know, could we hear that, <laughs> that something else happened? Of course, but I don't know. PlayStation as a brand is in an incredibly good, strong place, regardless of how you feel about those games. Like the last of us TV show, like has them as a cultural touchstone beyond, um, heard that Gran Turismo movie was fine. I didn't, I haven't seen it, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's like my, Microsoft is not exactly a huge concern. They're like their own tire fire over there, despite how much money they're spending to try and fix it. And so I don't know, leave while the going's good. He's probably greenlit essentially the slate of games that will run through the PlayStation 5. And this sort of scene, like, you know, as we've seen with the leaks out of Microsoft, like, what's happening now at this point in the generation is earnest planning for the next cycle. Those things are four or five years in advance. Uh, and if 2028 is where that lands, I essentially Jim Ryan is making a calculation by my estimation that, like, I'm good. Like I've kind of set these plans in motion. I bought a bunch of companies, Bungie, um, Housemark, like a bunch of really quality studios that make a lot of good shit. And it's up to everyone else to, you know, figure out what the PlayStation six or whatever it gets called. So kind of just seems like a guy going, I did it. Bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the interim guy who's taking over has been there since 1987. This is not like, this is a uh, Totoki, um, Hiro- Hiro- Hiroki Totoki. Right. Um, this is a Japanese company, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's very normal to have, like, have a like long look at run. Nintendo. But in other words, lo- this isn't, and we're replacing Jim Ryan with this, like, <laughs> y- you know, let's say young, new uh-huh. outsider, you know, who's 48 and, and is coming right. over from wherever. Like, that's and he not hates happening. the PC. No more right. PC ports. Um, right. No, that- I, I, I expect Sony to kind of, like, they're going to get someone pretty safe that just sort of continues <clears> the trajectory that they're on by by all accounts. Uh, last thing I want to touch on here is uh, there's a union drive going on. I think they're they're voting on a union today at the uh, Corsair facility where they make scuff gaming controllers uh, in Duluth, Georgia. Uh, so this is something that Nicole Carpenter uh, covered over at Polygon uh, describing, describing the situation there. Uh, so I've never used a scuff controller. I didn't realize that Corsair's like high-end, uh, like high-precision, high-fit-and-finish uh, controllers are effectively like uh, factory refits of official controllers. Uh, so like what they do is they take Sony DualShocks and swap out a lot of the like the hardware, like springs, buttons, etc., triggers uh, to replace them with like 
custom components that people can order. Uh, and this has been a pretty successful business model. And these are, I guess, really well regarded controllers. Uh, now, how much of that is because competitive gamers are very, it's very easy to sell them on a higher precision uh, thing to, to level up their gaming. Uh, you know, who, who can say, but either way. So, so scuff built a reputation is a, is a pretty good manufacturer of these devices. And then Corsair acquired them in 2019. Corsair acquired a lot of people in 2019 and, and thereabouts. Uh, Corsair kind of became a, I, I don't know, like, one-stop shop really uh for for a lot of gaming components they they acquired like origin pc uh, i think they acquired astro gaming um like scuff uh, s-c-u-f yeah. right yeah yes yeah, yeah. so here the, one of them starts at 230 no nope it says here don't miss your shot i will miss my shot for, and i'll keep the 240 bucks all right, the first PS5 scuff is 200 US dollars at base. For people who look at the first party high end stuff and go, hmm, not that's, enough. That's need more. wild. I need really nice triggers and, and, and sticks. So Corsair like, has kind of moved into this. Corsair used to make components for PCs, and then they got into the PC building uh, space. Uh, they, they acquired Origin. They, they acquired Elgato. Uh, so, like, you know, like getting a, a huge amount of, like, the, the streaming market uh, via, via that way, video capture. Uh, yeah, and they did. They did pick up. Um, no, it was Logitech that pick, picked up Astro. Uh, so yeah, so they pick up they pick up scuff to get into peripherals, um, and you know according to uh, Nicole's Nicole's reporting, she talked to some of the people who were involved with the Union Drive. It has not been it's not been a great place to work for a while. Uh, a lot of the staff mm. at this facility uh, the, since the acquisition high, or before both. Definitely, so it's it's a little hard to say. Definitely, it seems like a lot of the frustration is recent. I went on, <laughs> I just I popped on a Glassdoor real quick, uh, which by the way, Glassdoor really wants to know about you before it'll let you look at anything about companies. They're like, where do you work? How much do you make? Uh, and it was like, oh, you you work at you work at your own company. You want why don't you register that company with Glassdoor? And I'm like, no, I'm not letting I'm not letting Patrick and Cato do that to me. Uh, I'm not. I'm not like putting. I'm not registering remap uh, on Glassdoor just so just so Patrick can like stick it to me. Uh, We're in, not. In, a, in the my colleagues keep buying away. expensive microphones. Yeah. <laughs> Three days after when you step away is weird. Real negative yep. review over on Glassdoor. <laughs> Who can that come from? Vibes uh, off. Vibes <laughs> off. It just is all it says. <laughs> so, going back a few years before the acquisition. Like it still kind of doesn't have great reviews in terms of place to work, company culture. It does seem like in the past six months to a year, there have been a lot of negative reviews coming in that describe a lot of the same things. Like people at this facility appear to hate their managers. Uh, they hate HR. Uh, they don't like the fact that like uh, management is apparently hypersensitive uh, according to a lot of these reviews, and will will like uh, commit like retribution. Uh, you know, for for getting back talked, uh, but then at the same time, don't really follow up on anything where people on the line are behaving inappropriately. Uh, so just a just a really unpopular unpopular management. The other thing that you see coming up is things have gotten more 
micromanagey and uh, like tailorized in, in some ways where uh, so a lot of the perks that used to exist before the acquisition have have gone away. There's uh, one thing that comes up in a few places is draconian clock in clock out rules uh, that have that have sort of been instituted. So uh, but but on top of all this, one of the things that Nicole points out in in her interviews with people involved in the unionization drive a lot of folks working at that facility are also on welfare and they are getting welfare benefits. Uh, worth noting that Georgia is both a right to work state and has work requirements for uh, welfare. And so it's a good illustration of like how these things work in practice, which is effectively as an employer subsidy, a subsidy uh, where you are forced to take jobs that do not pay you enough to live. Where so they treat you, you like qualify. shit. Yeah, for the welfare that enables you to continue living while you pull long hours uh, at a facility that's just not that's just not helping you make ends meet. So this is this is sort of the the background for this unionization drive. Uh, it also looks like Corsair immediately moved into the standard playbook. They hired a law firm that specializes in um, <laughs> like. Not quite union busting, but it's like heading off unions before they form is a shitty corporate term for this, right? It's like union mitigation or something. Uh, I saw a letter somewhere uh, posted on the Corsair Reddit that appears to have been a thread that was closed immediately. But if it's accurate, it's it's a letter that was posted around the facility just reminding employer, employees that, uh, hey, union votes are secret ballots. Nobody can tell you to vote yes. You can vote no. And maybe you should. Because isn't it great to work here? Is don't we want to? Don't we want to have clear lines of communication? Uh, you know, the, the company, the company just wants you to have the power, not the union. Uh, so we'll see how we'll, we'll see how all this goes. The the union vote is today. Um, you know, it's it's a eighty five. It's a eighty five person facility. Uh, so you know, not huge, not small. The company point. The uh, article from Polygon points out that the head of um, the head of Corsair has a salary of like four four point five million dollars. Uh, total comp pa- package appro- approaching ten. By modern CEO standards, that's <laughs> almost commendably uh, modest. <laughs> but still, like when you have facilities full of people, like again on welfare pulling uh-huh. long shifts yeah. and dealing with shitty uh-huh. uh, circumstances uh that's going to that's going to sit really poorly the the other thing i mentioned here is i think with scuff and i take a bit of an interest in corsair because i i genuinely tend to enjoy corsair products like I, I bought a pc from them in the last year and i was like really impressed with build quality is really the thing and i think this is where we come down to with companies like this uh build quality is workers it's a little bit like supply sourcing like part of part of like putting together good products and releasing them and having people feel like hey this is a well-made thing part of that is like sourcing things well and buying good components but really the big thing is like the people putting it together and corsair has like with with these brands has really made an effort at being seen as a place like a premium place to you you pay the premium surcharge the corsair tax to get something that's really really good and if you don't do that stuff and you're and you're selling peripherals like this if you don't control build quality you're mad cats and you don't want to be mad cats uh 
but I don't think that is compatible with nickel and diming workers to this degree. Like you cannot, it's what is it? The, 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 the triangle thing, right? Where it's like, you can have it fast, cheap or good pick, pick two, uh, with, with a thing where you're dealing with like, you know, high levels of fit and finish really, if you're picking good, you, you kind of need to just pick that one. Um, and so like skimping on, on workers in this way in the long term seems like a bad play uh, because build quality will be the thing to go. Um, and it, you know, once, once you lose, once you earn that reputation for like charging top dollar prices for stuff that people are coming, it's coming out of the box and it's clearly put together by someone who didn't give a shit. Uh, that's the kiss of death. Like people remember that and it lingers. So to me, it just, it, this seems like <laughs> it also seems like one of the situations where sometimes a union drive is almost trying to save a company from itself. And I think that's also part of what's happening here, right? Like it, people could take pride in the work they do. Um, they're, 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 there's a lot of people who, who in, like took pride in releasing these types of controllers. Things have just gotten untenable. So, you know, fingers crossed they, they, they win their vote. I just don't know what that means in the context of Georgia. Because right to work means like there's li- like – it's not a closed shop. They can still hire people who refuse to join the union is my understanding. Um, and I think it also imposes some limits on your ability to collectively bargain. So it's like, I am not clear. People can write in cause unions still exist in right to work States. So I'm curious like how that tends to play out, what that dynamic tends to be. Yeah. I'd love to hear firsthand from folks. Who, yeah. You know, who can speak to ways that that has shifted how they can leverage the the collective bargaining stuff, you know? Because on the on one hand, like, that still is part of it, right? Is like, you still, as a group, can take certain actions to, to uh, uh, you know, negotiate a better contract for yourself and your, and your peers. Um, but I imagine that, like, the threat of just getting cut and replaced is that much higher, you know? Um, and I'm curious if there are particular things that the you know, National Labor Board, it has to be more hands-off around. Like, I, I just don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. I imagine it's a little bit different of a different dynamic, too, where everyone, if, if this goes through, like, it's going to be a bunch of people as a facility all at once saying we want to be in the union and we want to, like, bargain collectively with the company, which is kind of a different thing because right to work is really about, like, inflicting attrition on unions and, like, whittling them down. But right now when everyone's fired up and is like, enough of this shit – it's much harder to say, well, we're just going to bargain around you. We're going to, you know, it's, are you going to be able to bring in all the scabs you need to fully replace this place? Are you prepared to eat the bad press? My guess is not. Um, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. I think it, it, it does kind of feel, you know, we're in a week where we've seen a lot of uh, two, two major things happen this week, right? Uh, we've got Biden visiting a picket line and we've got uh, the WGA routing AMPTP. Um, so like in terms of like how unions are regarded, that feels like it has shifted just a ton in the last few years. And I think I like to think where a few years ago, I, I might've seen all of this stuff as like, what well, is a real hail Mary the, the, the headwinds you're, you're tacking into uh, when you're trying to get a union off the ground are so stiff. I do wonder if that maybe has shifted a little bit. Yeah, I, I would love to see 
you know, um, I, I want to say Nicole Carpenter also just put up another piece for Polygon that was like, here are all the places that are unionizing right now in the in the industry. The the it feels like the winds are blowing in that direction. Generally, labor is having a moment. Um, Rob, a couple of months ago, we had Adam Conover on. I mean, I know y'all had had him on too, but we had him on AM, on AMCA, and, and he was saying, which people should go listen to that episode if they haven't, even if they are already listening to the remap one. Or maybe it was a waypoint one at that point. I don't remember what the timing no, was. No, it was a remap. It was, a, it was, was one of the, I think that was our, our first uh, official episode, but I was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. People should go listen to the AMCA because we got some very funny details about, about the AMP, ETP, and the Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, uh, important. Uh, but the, the, uh, one of the, one of the things that I think, um, you know, we kind of came out of that, so I was thinking about the Buffalo Wild Wings, I may have just lost my point. It's just gone now. It's fled. Damn. Fled my, I mean, it's my lunchtime. Brain. I could go over some wings. Y'all want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings? Sure. Oh, one of the things he was saying just generally was, was, uh, or speaking to was the sense that the labor movement in, in, you know, this country is, is having a bit of a, a moment. Um, and it's like a, a very hard earned moment, but that it is a, um, it is a real one. Like th- there are, are actual changes. People can genuinely see what the benefits are in a way that hadn't pushed down. And, and I mean, this is the thing that we've talked about for years, right? Is that like, there had basically been an abandonment of labor in, in this country from, from the Dems and like, uh, the fact that that has been built back up through a groundswell, um, through a lot of hard unionization and or a lot, a lot of hard, you know, uh, organization uh, from the bottom up, and then also through the spread of of stuff through social media has been like uh, we are seeing the returns on some of that stuff, right? Like the you know, Game Workers Unite does not specifically become the voice of the new unionization in the games industry. It turns out, but that doesn't mean that now, whatever, five, six, seven years on from that stuff, which is wild to think about, I think it's probably like five years on from, from the GWU stuff, there are studios unionizing. There are big pushes inside of major major uh, companies in the industry. The The wind has changed in such a way that I think uh, some some companies are going to, you know, it's a real fuck around and find out situation. Uh, it's just that sometimes that stuff hits on a delay, you know? Um, the excitement hits in a GDC room five years ago, and then it takes years for the right people to line up in certain places to for it to to coalesce into certain movements. You know, there's this guy I think about a lot uh, when I work at a factory. Uh, so at this factory I worked at, if your relief didn't show up for the next shift, they would double you over and you work sixteen hours instead of eight. Uh, and you never found that out until you were about to clock out. It was always the most brutal, like gut punch thing where it's like, all right, ready to go home. Uh, wait, like Roy didn't show up. Uh, so you're here till four in the morning. And it was the only, the only, uh, solve to that was you got like time and a half, uh, when, and, and the base rate was good. So it was like, it was really annoying, but also when you were doubled over like that, you were, you know, making what it felt like, uh, to a 20 year old, you were just making absurd amounts of money. But, the first time that happened to me, uh, this this guy, I think, uh, like, did it to me twice in one week, just not showing up to stuff. And when I, when I finally met him, I really was wondering, like, what kind of piece of fucking work am I going to be dealing with here? And he was the most, like, he had the cop stash and the sunglasses that he wore pretty much to every shift uh, except the graveyard shift. But... He was one of those dudes. He was down on the line with me. He was a, he was a, he was a line manufacturing worker. But 
he and I got to talking uh, when I was when I was the relief worker going around to station to station and relieving people uh, on, on a day. Uh, he and I got to talking one day and he's like, man, this place, they just don't know how to run a company. And he gave me this whole spiel about like all the ways this company working for was fucked up. And I was like, yeah, it is pretty fucked up. And you know, it's, there's a lot of things that are inefficient or just don't make sense. This place is clearly declining. And he's like, yeah, you know what this place is like? It reminds me of this book I read, uh, Chasing the Dragon, which is this business like management. It's, you know, some sort of dog shit management book about like the hallmarks of a bad business or they chase the dragon rather than solving it. Um, but the, the funny thing about it was this guy saw everything from management's point of view. When he spoke about like how things were going uh, at the company and our assurances sure. of it as a worker, yeah. he was just like, here's what management's got to do. Here's how they here's how they got to fix it. And he would even be sort of holding forth about like, and they got to get rid like they should have machines uh, doing a bunch of this work that like they got workers doing. Like, it's just like, I don't know why, why you need someone to stand there and move these two widgets. Like you just like get a machine that moves those widgets. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at this guy being like, that's your, literally your job. You just described the thing that you do. Like you're saying like they should build a machine that replaces you. And basically that was his view was, yeah, that'd be good. But they wouldn't do it to him because he was, he was good and he was smart. Mind you, he was also a guy who routinely, again, didn't show up for shifts with no notice. But nevertheless, he was convinced that like, you know, all the problems of this place were that they needed to be better business people. And that was what was really wrong with the company. And I, I do feel like there were probably a lot of those weird strivers in like manufacturing jobs uh, and, and, and wage jobs over the years who were like kind of allergic to unions because fundamentally they had that like temporarily embarrassed millionaire mindset. Oh, yeah. You know, where it's like I've met well, these people. You know, I've worked with so many worked. of these people. Yeah. yeah. Like we, we've all worked with so many of these people. Uh-huh. Hundred um, percent. I wonder if there's common now. You know what I mean? Like, is that kind of the generational blip of neoliberalism and like post Reagan? Right, Do they start right. to like fall away a bit? Well, I mean, is good. Uh, speaking as someone who, I mean, was doing like who was the most recently not in this field of 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 everyone here, I would say yeah, like like that is still like commonplace. At least like where I was growing up and like working, like there was at least like one or two of those people at like. The Starbucks that I worked at, at the diner that I worked at, at like every everywhere I've worked, and like I grew up in like a mostly union town too. Like I, I grew up in a union town in rural Ohio, and like yeah. even there, that is still like the providing is, is is still this kind of dude. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder if that guy still like when when the chips are down, does he st- does he vote for the union or not? I guess that's the big question about like union drives like this. Like, has that guy come around and gotten on side? Well, the weird thing is like sometimes you can get people who do both, right? Yeah. Like, hell yeah, I'll vote for you. I'm a union guy. And then also talk with the language of management because yeah. management has kind of colonized language in that way, right? You set those terms. And like, you know, at the end of the day, you can still end up those people often do things that are not <laughs> squared, yep. you know? So Dude, like um, I watched uh, one of my relatives was a long haul trucker, um, racist, racist as hell, right wing, like full Reagan. And then at some point he changed jobs or things got fucked up and he ended up being a union rep. And it was like he'd been bitten by a leftist werewolf. <laughs> and it was it was like are you the same there. guy. Uh-huh. Like what the fuck happened? Like it was it was the it was the most bizarre thing where suddenly like. 
he's this complete radical. And it's like, but you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and he's like completely radicalized and he's like doing like union rep stuff in a, you know, like a lot of uh, warehouse and shipping facilities, like really diverse workforce in the South. Uh, and like, has he talked about what happened? What was the, was there a cat scales fell from his eyes? Like, Road to Damascus shit, he, or was it like slow and steady? No, watching it, YouTube videos. What, what did he felt, do? So this all happened like pre YouTube, really, in a lot of ways. It it genuinely felt like he his his awareness bifurcated. He never he never acknowledged that anything changed. Right. He of never course. had a moment where it's like right. he was still racist. He didn't right. have, like he was still like deeply racist, but also he was okay with and actually really liked the like Latino and black guys in his crew and then his uh-huh, facility and they liked him. And then he would still like make wild offhanded, like out of pocket statements. And those things didn't like clash for him. They, that didn't, those, those things live side by side. And to a similar degree, you couldn't get him to recall that he used to be like, they should just get rid of unions. There shouldn't be any, you know, I should just be able to, we should all just be able to like, we should all be independent contractors working a trekking company. And suddenly he's like, if this isn't made right, we're shut, we're shutting the yard down. Uh huh. It, you it know, was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's most, I, my instinct is that this is where most of America is in the world. You know what I mean? This is the like, I'm not going to stop drinking Budweiser just because some some trans yep. lady yep. drank it. He's like, fuck it. Who have you? Fought? What's the what's the, there's that guy who's who, there's like a, a a Facebook post or a tweet that's like, I don't care if you find love in this world, that's a magical thing. And like, all right, dude. Like, I think you might be the best of us. Actually, yep. like, you don't understand anything about the parts of the world you are not in, but your instinct is love. I'm. That's I just have to hold on to hope that there are more of you out there than people who are tuned in to shitty TikTok and Fox News shit, you know? I really appreciate that this podcast, this section of the podcast just turned into like us listing different kinds of dude that we kind of like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, in Patrick, some ways that's Patrick, the hardest. Do you have, do you yeah, have you know any dudes? Uh, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of dudes in my block. I'm not sure if I'd I'm not, I call that more tolerance than liking. Uh-huh. Uh, so the dudes are not Here rocking. it is. I found the exact, I found the thing here. This this is, I want to post this uh, over, y'all can take a, y'all can take a gander here. Uh, uh, this is from last, this is like during the, all of the ridiculous uh, Budweiser stuff. Facebook post from someone named Tim who said, yes. I love Bud Light. I don't give a shit who their spokesman is. Yeah, I've seen gay this one. <laughs> slur. It does not matter to me. Everyone has a right to be happy. If you can find love in this fucked up world, good for you. I'm drinking Bud Light. Sorry, I'm just gonna be thinking about the the censoring on the up and <laughs> fucked up for the for the rest of the yeah. day. It's F and then five stars and then U and then a, and then an asterisk. It's so funny. <laughs> The semantic work going on with censoring fucked up. This uh is a statement about the nature of the phrase (laughs) fucked up. This rolls. And just the image of him looking, eyes half closed, looking (laughs) the Bud Light to his his lips. You know? It's been Uh, a hard one, and it's always a hard one uh, (laughs) out out, out there. Well, at least until you get that Bud Light, then life's a little easier, Rob. Uh, it's great. It's great. Although I'm not sure we're stopping at one. I gotta be honest. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, this gift. 
this gif of the writing fire. Yeah, uh-huh. yep. that's him. Beautiful. Ugh. Uh, all right. So we will take a we'll take another quick break as we leave news behind, and we will get into games. Back after this. Nice out. I have, sorry, please. No, I've just please. been in the best fucking mood for the last yeah. like four days straight. Every time I walk outside of my apartment, I just yeah. like smile. Like I am in this. I hate the summer so much, and it is just like absolutely gorgeous in New York right now. I am, I am, I am thrilled at the moment. Uh, we, um, you and I were at an event yesterday, and uh, we 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 met up outside with our coffee and and just waiting. And there was, a, I was like, I kind of don't want to go in. It's so beautiful outside. Yeah. I just want to hang out, go to the park. Let's just, you know, let's chop it up. And then and they you, didn't. And the Dragon's Dogma segment was canceled. Well, <laughs> one thing I'll say about the fact that we both had coffee, Austin, uh-huh. you had a hot coffee, didn't you? I did you? have, it was hot, yeah. And I, you, I literally, now here's the thing, is I have cold brew with me right now. And down, down when I was at the cafe to get this cold brew, um, the barista was like, still getting the nice coffee, huh? Still, you, you, you're not ready to go to, and I'm... The, I was like, haha, yeah, you got me. I'm still in iced coffee mode, which is a lie. It's just today I was coming back upstairs to sit inside right. and drink this. But I'm in that you're in I'm in that moment. I'm ready to switch over. I'm ready to go to, to a nice, you know, a nice hot latte. Exactly. Uh, but I had cold maybe. coffee. And you we let, were both you hate at it peace. Or you, oh yeah, we were both at we peace. We were both at peace. We had different and different if, if temperatures. If I had swapped with you, I would have been fine too. Such Incredible. is the beauty of the fall. You want a hot coffee? Go for it. You want a nice cold coffee? You don't want to let the summer vibes go quite yet? Stick it out. Put that ice in. It's still cold coffee time. Flexible. You want to wear sandals? You can wear sandals. I'm you want to wear shoes? I'm still wearing, I'm still wearing sandals. My I'm sandals still, are falling apart. Them up, yep. And so I've switched for the first time in my life. I've been wearing Crocs. I've never worn Crocs oh, before. No. no. Have you tried them? Have you tried them? I refuse. My, my children have converted. Like, there's been a... You should try like, them. Uh, like going do- no, I'm I'm the like you know the lone the holdout. I'm because like the lone holdout like on this you. block. I was like you until a few. Weeks I've made ago. I I unfortunately uh, Austin. I have I've publicly made statements on the neighborhood that I cannot take back. I I have staked that I <gasps> am not going to cross. What size What size shoe do you wear? I'm just gonna send you um, some Crocs. You got to put them I'm on bit, at least I'm once. A, oh, I still gotta send you that armored core stuff. You do. Um, we need um, to do a swap. <laughs> Send you an armored core take bag the and car a mug to New York. Man. Oh my god! Well, the company car. <laughs> uh, y'all, got, y'all got company car. They didn't give me a company car. Now that's maybe because I sit in front of a laptop or a screen all day. So does Patrick. Hey, no, wait a second. Look, Where are you going? Uh, look, uh, I I have a I have a highly successful parenting blog, and those kids go in that car. Guess oh, the it's first that thing, company. first thing you can do with an S corp is get a company car. It's it's like your low company, fruit. okay? Low hanging fruit. Yeah, great. Great. You like to write it off? Is that a thing you get to do? Yeah. Yes. Damn. I don't like to be clear. I don't think it's like totally free money. There's percentages. Like no, you know, yeah, that's not what a write off is anyway. I don't, do people yeah, think yeah. that that's what a write off is? I think some free. people do. Where it's like free car. No, no, no. It's all it's all percentages Taxes. and it's tax percentages. burdens it's, and reducing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, but it does mean like price of car. 
lower. It's not actually price of car. <laughs> like that part, that part is, is sort of true based on your tax burden. Anyway. The you should wear Cox. They're comfortable. That was the thing that no one had really. Somehow I didn't realize how comfortable they were. See, and I'm just a loafers to, guy now. I like a loafer. A loafer is nice. And I'm not, I'm not like a crop. Uh, wait, so have you left sandals more. behind? No, I don't think so. I think next spring I have to get new sandals. But um, I had Birkenstocks before and they're like a pain to break in. It's like, I'm not going to break in a new pair of Burks in September. You know what I, got, I mean? May I ask a lot of details about how you run your home? <laughs> Are you a shoes? <laughs> Am I, uh, I am not. But so, yes, here's the thing. I'm not a shoe guy. I'm not a sneakerhead. Right. I, in, historically, I have had a pair of sneakers and then like a pair of nice shoes and then a pair of sandals. And that was it. And now I'm looking down to my left and there's a collection of shoes that's too much. And I have a shoe rack unbuilt to my further to my left in a in a. Well, I just got a, a shoe rack delivered today. I well here it is. I, we both have to build our shoe racks. We'll, this we'll see you in a, see you in a year, much like that AC unit you purchased and never put together. <laughs> I did put that t- together eventually. The final <laughs> year, you, in that old but apartment. you did it too late to do it for the season, right? Didn't I? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, <laughs> but then the next season it was fine. I did eventually. <laughs> once we hit COVID era, I had AC through all that because we was like that was the real thing, right? Was I didn't build that AC because I was at the fucking vice office all day. So by the time I got home, it was like, open the window, put the fan on. I'm good. But then that, that COVID year, I was so glad I had, at the end of the previous summer, finally put together the AC unit and put it in. Because by, by the time we were, like, working from home all, all day, uh, you know, I needed it. It needed it bad. So anyway, I'm out of that apartment. I'm new apartment. New shoe rack. That's Crocs. Gronk, right? Who? In the oh, picture. That's yeah. Gronk. Yeah, he, That's Gronk. He's lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Okay. Looking Just comfy. Wondering. Is this on the Crocs yeah. page? What is this? No, no, no these are, that's, what are on these? My, that's on my loafers and company. Uh, oh. Site. Wow. Anyway, but, Crocs are comfortable. Uh, no one I'm had really gonna, explained that that would be wasting your money. If you sent them to me, I would not. I, I refuse. This is a principled stance. Austin, you know he's at this lying. Point. The he's practicality lying. and comfort yeah. would win him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, also. No. They're great house shoes. Like they're great shoes. This to, is like, what it is. They're, like they're great shoes to like be in your build. Like that's yeah, when the I have thing. to run downstairs to get the mail. I'll just right. toss those on real quick. I'm not trying to wear them outside. Fourth floor walk up. I live in a fourth yeah. floor yeah. walk up. Yeah. Like this I have be, to. No, but everyone's wearing them outside. There's a um, dog. Like, people are wearing I mean, I'll wear them outside. I just don't do it. Generally speaking, getting pins in them. Oh, that's what my kids are getting for. Well, my friend Art, who I just mentioned before we came back from break, uh, uh, was the person who converted me when he showed me his very goofy Sonic the Hedgehog cross. Yeah. This Hell is the yeah. thing, because you can put stuff on them. Yeah. Huh. Adults, not traditionally, but you could. <laughs> no, they're very goofy Crocs. I, I'll show you these Crocs. These are important. I know we tease Dragon's Dogma, but uh, they're there. You have to see. You got to see these Crocs. My priorities are. Is this what's right going to convert me? No, you're going to think these are hideous because they are. And I made fun of him for a week. We were hanging out out oh in Joshua God. Tree in the in, in California, and every day I was like, "Are you wearing your Crocs?" Fucking joke's on me. Three here's weeks the thing, later, though, if I was ever to wear Crocs, it would these. have to be something. If it was, what if it was, what if it was like Sora Chicago Bears or Crocs. Chicago Bears Crocs? Those exist, I'm sure, right? If the if there are not NFL team, every Crocs, team has colorways for like every product. This is what I'm saying. Then then money is being left on the table. BearsFanHome.com. Yeah. BearsFanHome.com. Are these custom? No, these are these are these all. Are- Limited what? edition. This, There's a bunch of different. Is this Bears a Crocs. drop shipping site for Bears fans? 
It, no, I think that's what this is. Because, like, these are not all made by the same people. Drop shipping is how they also fill out their personnel groups. <laughs> Chicago like, Bears Crocs, a starter guide. The Chicago Bears Crocs are perfect for kicking and jumping. However, if you're looking for some <laughs> new footwear, we've got you covered. This was not written by a wait, person. Wait, Custom wait, name? There's yeah. a, these are, how did yours open? A starter guide. The Chicago Bears Crocs are perfect for kicking and jumping. <laughs> okay. Yours is different? We're on the same page. In the NFL, many players <laughs> <laughs> many players oh. sport a pair of Crocs on the field. They're yep, called that's true. Bear Crocs. <laughs> and they're Crocs. perfect for kicking, jumping, and running. However, if you yearn for some new Crocs of your own, we've got you covered. Here's how to get yourself some Chicago Bears-approved footwear. In the NFL, many players sport a pair of Crocs in the field. They're called the Chicago Bears Crocs. Imagine if that were true. Imagine if it was like, here comes Patrick Mahomes wearing his Chicago Bears Crocs. Oh my god, this Different shit team. that Patrick found. Oh, the no. American flag being yeah, ripped dude. apart by the yeah, Chicago dude. Bears logo breaking through. Come on, you no, need you see, these. When the, when the firm rubber of the croc contacts the ball, what it does is it compresses <laughs> and it leads to a okay, sudden actually, expansion of force causing a you know, maybe, cavitation bubble. Maybe I'm just seeing the whole lineup that I want. Oh, look at the gro- Grogu <laughs> holding a Chicago Bears football <laughs> with a name. It says Hayden on there. Those are Hayden Christensen's <laughs> personal Chicago Bears Grogu Crocs. And the image at the bottom where it says Bears fan home, but it's stretched and squished. It's so funny. It looks like it's from a GeoCities website from the 90s. We need to put all of these in the post. I don't, is there a post anymore? We need to put these on Twitter. They're, they're wherever. Uh, I give us a couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. What are we doing? This that- is beautiful to me. We gotta, I think I found my, uh, you know, this lets me celebrate the Bears and New Red Green, uh, the legendary <laughs> comedy comedy show. I can't believe you got the plan overalls. With the overalls. Yeah. Uh huh. Bears fan home. Custom name. Bears fan home. Oh my god! Do you ever oh have the feeling the Tim's? That there's not Yo. a pair of physical shoes that look okay. this way. Oh yeah, not I'm, yet. They'll print them they'll print when them. you're ready. <laughs> Oh my god, what is this? I have found a Halloween section. <laughs> I have found a Halloween section. Um, look, We're shopping look right at, now. Look at this shit. I might buy this. You that need this. Okay, sick. this I'm describing right. for everybody. Need, the podcast needs to be a stream. Fuck. Yeah, dude. This is just too good. Okay, so this is a, a hoodie covered in flames, except what's that? They're emanating from the top. Of a from the mouth of a skull with vampire fangs and big red glowy eyes. It's Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is here. Nick Cage himself. Johnny Blaze. And then wait a second. It turns out old Johnny Blaze. He's from. He's a. He's a Chicago Bears fan. Cause like Athena from the forehead <laughs> of Zeus. Yes. Launches the bear from the Chicago Bears right under your neck, right on your solar plexus. Oh my god! Imagine walking past that person. Oh you know, my I also god. want to. Sh- all, so many of these are your name. Uh-huh. Your name, yeah. Rob. I want you to come over to my house. You come to visit. You're seeing your family. You come to my house for a day. On the bedspread is 
robs. Like Mexican skull, <laughs> Chicago Bears bedspread with your, not my name. Your name. Your name. Because the guest you got it ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get a I, custom one made for every time someone comes over. I searched for robe on this site, and they don't have any robes. So I think that's a, that's a real problem, IMO. Yeah. I feel like they, they're missing a rob a rob opportunity. <laughs> it's the it's the funnest and flirtiest form of merch. I agree. This feel this feels sh- shady. I don't. I feel like I'm not going to get any of these. Oh products. yeah, no. This I can't tell. I've been trying to find an about page so I can see like when this website becomes. Uh, the okay, there it is, is about us. Oh, y'all, I just clicked on the blog tab. I'm on the blog. The 85 <laughs> Chicago Bears defense. Why it's the best defense you should learn. January 4th, 2022. The Bears defense has been a topic of discussion all season long. There has been a lot of criticism in the media about the defense, but in reality, the Bears defense is stronger than what people think. December 17, December 27th, 2021, 1985 Chicago Bears. The year the monsters were born. It's true. Okay, so, but if I order this with PayPal, I'm not giving them my credit card. But PayPal's cool. Okay, I'm going to order this this skull. Which it's one? There's like 12 skulls in this thread now, Patrick. Which skull? Uh, are you the, 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 yeah, the, the one that uh, uh, Austin was just describing. Yeah. That one the, is the most, like, It's the best. Intense. I, the previous one you linked was good, too, but I think the fire one is just so funny. I mean, this one is great. I'll just, if this comes through, I'll order this later. Oh. Incredible. Oh, that's, that's, see, that's how Chicago Bears fans feel. That's what they look like by the time Christmas rolls around. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're dead. We're dead inside. Okay. Uh, small. There's an article on this blog called, What Are Chicago Bears Fans Called? Yeah. And People want to know. Well, it's in the middle here, they say fans of Chicago Bears are called De Bears, but I want to draw everyone's attention to the conclu- the conclusion uh, section here, because there's a list of things. Chicago Bears fans are the best. They show up in droves of cheer on their team at Soldier Field. They never miss a game on TV. They stick with their team through thick and thin, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a list of eight things. One, what are the Bears fans called? Two, the history of the Chicago Bears. Three. Why are Bears fans so loyal? Four, how to be a diehard Bears fan. Again, these are lists of the qualities of the Bears fans, obviously. Five, the best thing about being a Bears fan. Six, the most famous Bears fan ever. There's no further elaboration on any of these. Seven, give the Bears your best cheer. Eight, conclusion. So what are those Chicago's Bears fans called? They're called Bears fans. And Marine Todd. Uh, I think that this is all written by a large language model, folks. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, my guess is these are all just, it's the equivalent to every time, you know, you post an image on yes. Twitter and then you get responses that are like, buy nice this t-shirt. shirt. Yeah, um, uh-huh. I think this is just like bot manufacturing. Or oh, like, for sure. This then connects to those websites with templates yes. and it's just pulling in these. Um, but I mean, here's the thing that doesn't, make, okay, I think that's true, but then that doesn't explain Graphic design is my passion. Right. This stuff. Like, what is going on with the art here? <laughs> Here's the thing. You can just be a guy. Like, you can also be an AI freak and also be a guy who is a dude. Like, you can. Yeah, these two true. things can mm-hmm. coexist within one another. Now, here's the thing that I thought of. And I, I gotta tell you, I'm real smart. It's not just Bears fan home, is it? It's Eagles, Eagles fan, fan home. home. 
Yo, and it's the okay. same. So I know, you know, we were just talking about my company car. And I feel like, you know, on, on Monday, I've got an electrician coming over and they're going to, I can't charge the car at home right now. They're going to fix that. They're putting up a thing on the wall. Wait, but what? it's missing something. What? Like it's what? missing something. Wait, wait, Patrick. Hey. Like this. Oh Sorry. my God. Austin? Yeah, all what's the, up? All, they're not the same. Like, they're, they're not the, the same. They're not the same. They're not because... the same sites. Patrick, you linked um, a Bears slasher movie, one of those things you put in the front of your <laughs> We got car. Candyman. We yeah, got, Candyman's here. We got, we got Chucky. We got yeah. Jason Voorhees. We got Freddy Krueger. We got Bandit. The whole gang's here, and they're, and they're Bears fans. And they're Bears and this fans. Is a D, this is a Chucky's sunshade. Chucky's wearing Bears overalls. Decal that like goes over yeah. the front of the car. The Eagles site, the Eagles fan home, doesn't have any Halloween stuff at all. It does have the Grinch on an Eagles hoodie. It doesn't have holiday stuff. Or is it just because he's presumed from Philly? I think it's both. He kind of has a Philly vibe going. So yeah, these are different. Wait a second. Is there a possibility that an association is made with the Fanatic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an overlap there. They're cousins or something for sure. For sure. This is very funny. We just stumbled on something beautiful. We have to stop. This shit looks good. <laughs> I would I would wear that jacket to my biker group. I, you know, I really appreciate the episode pitched on like we 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 brought him back out of retirement to talk yeah. about Dragon's uh-huh. Dogma 2. Uh-huh. Yeah. We 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 broach it. We 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 well, breach the water. It's yeah. a, it's coffee an hour talk. And 47 minutes into this. <laughs> back in. Back in, baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're right, Patrick. We we need to get down to business. Dragon's Dogma 2. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to pick So how was again. the coffee? <laughs> no, I didn't have any of their coffee. They didn't have donuts at the event, uh, which I didn't have any of either, but they were very nice. Went down to the, the old 47, uh, uh, you know, offices in lower Midtown, I'd say. Um, beautiful area. Nice weather. Lead us up to a room. That's not true. We walked up to the room. I went to, I said to Ren, I was like, you know what floor it's on? I don't remember. Ren was like, yes, yeah, third floor. Not that oh, they don't, there's a lot of third floors downtown. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like I shouldn't dox them. I was like I didn't really dox there's them. There's a lot of third Run, floors. Probably, boys. There's a lot of third <laughs> floors downtown. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go inside, and they lead us to a computer, and we, uh, I got to play Dragon's Dogma two while Ren watched and commented. Uh, I think you can hear because Ren the 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 gameplay capture i set up did capture the microphone yeah i didn't picked realize up the ox yeah I picked up the ox well like it was great like austin says to me no it's like hey you know if you want to do a stream you know sometime yeah. around like the footage we could talk about it and i was like cool huh. he's like well we're gonna well, have to mute the footage because you can just hear austin or men going like rah, 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 rah. that's exactly true <laughs> and i think it's like mostly fine and we could still talk yeah. over it if we wanted to yeah, yeah, um yeah, we, yeah. we played for about an hour capture about uh, an hour footage cut down to about 20 minutes um that's Dragon's Dogma 2. That's Dragon's Dogma 2. A number of the things you could hear me and Ren say in the footage, and I want to be clear, if you could really hear us in the footage, I would just say, like, let's just cut the footage up and release it. But we didn't know we were being recorded, and we were in a room with four other people playing. Yeah. And so we were being like, that's, Dragon, that's Dragon's Dogma 2. <laughs> and that's not really conducive <laughs> to listening to. I'm oh, like, Ren is just that's off mic. Dragon's Dogma 2? There, there were moments where you're like, oh, shit, they made a second Dragon's Dogma game. Um and uh, I where do where do we want to where do we want to what does start? that mean? Okay, so yeah. he, here's where I would start. Dragon's Dogma is 
Dragon's Dogma is a very particular, yes, specific, idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic, uh, like three D action game. Correct. Um, a game that, like, frankly, RPG. does not if does not exist, like, arguably waypoint. Like, Dragon's uh, Dogma is a pivot point. Yeah. In you like, and I bonded over liking that game. Hundred percent. It conceptually is a lot of what Waypoint was about. You know, I wrote about it as our like launch thing. As our like, here, why is it called Waypoint? I use it as an excuse to write about Dragon's Dogma. And, um, but also, it's like it's a, it's just that game wasn't a huge hit. It was right. a hit enough. Um, and then another then that we got kind of re-released eight times. Yeah, but even still, like, was, I was still sort of surprised that they were going to make a sequel. And so, my big question with a Dragon's Dogma two is what is the responsibility of Dragon's Dogma two? Is right. it to this is a great widen question. the field yes. of what Dragon's Dogma is to a larger audience, or is it welcome sickos? We've made a bigger, more refined, or can, can it do both? I guess that's who, who is this game for? <laughs> I think it's for and the as sickos. a Dragon's Dogma fan. What did you make of it? I think it's for the sickos. I don't know that they've widened it out, like because it's not that I. I mean. It's it's a good looking game. There's some small changes that are like the way animation works. I think is even cooler looking than before. Um, uh, Ren, you were talking a lot about the way that it used these kind of animation stops. These like hard, you know, like you pause on a frame to really, you know, demonstrate that like the dagger really went in there. That dagger is all the way in that Cyclops's <laughs> head, you know. Um, uh, and so that stuff just makes it more appealing in a broad way. But I do think that they're making another Dragon's Dogma game. Well, the thing that I that I that I feel here is that like I think the original Dragon's Dogma could have been the Dragon's Dogma. That like that's 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 the whole thing about it is that like within Dragon's right. Dogma there was possibility. Like that is the thing that I like loved about it. Like because I've I've also been a Dragon's Dogma freak since I was like literally twelve years old when it first uh-huh. came out and was like, oh, this changes the way that I think about action games. One hundred percent. It, I, I genuinely I think that it was just like a bit early. I think that Dragon's Dogma 2 will do extremely will do a lot better. <laughs> this than is also expected. how I felt weirdly about we also played um the Ace Attorney Apollo Justice <laughs> collection. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I think these games just came out too early. I didn't play them at the time. People are way more into like bullying young men now than they were when these <laughs> games first came out. And Apollo Plus Justice, visual novels, right? As a medium. I'll be like I, specifically, it- Patrick. Apollo yeah. Justice is a little dweeb, and the, <laughs> the the page has turned on little dweebs. People love a little bullyable dweeb now. We're post 9S, you know what I mean? Like, we <laughs> love a little shithead who gets stuff wrong, and there's a bunch of big people around him going, oh, come on, bud. Pick, pick yourself up. Try again. Or get on the fucking ground, grovel, you little pig. And that's Apollo Justice. <laughs> right, and so I thing. think is that where we? I, I missed Christoph, this. Did we pivot did to this, this as we a did. society? You we did miss this. Christoph Don't worry about shows it. You're up dad now. six seconds into that game and calls Apollo Justice gay, <laughs> and then just like walks away. He's just wild. Up, and he's You're like, gonna eat that up. Hey, I know it's your first. I know it's your first court case. You're gay, bro. <laughs> Have fun in there. Have fun. Good luck. It's great. Anyway, but not as a pejorative. This isn't like, no, like middle no, school. It's not, or like, it's not explicit. No, it's not but explicitly it you're gay, but he, he goes, oh, your little raspy. He does the puppy monologue that Sephiroth does to the to Cloud <laughs> yes, in the Final cheated. Fantasy yes. VII That is trailer. the energy. That is the energy. Is anyway. this like corrective for years of stories where shitty little dweebs are valorized? Or is this like... Uh, 
like quietly exercising like an ur kink that is deep within our psyche. It's the latter. It's the latter. And I think America wasn't ready yet. Okay. Or we're being this. more honest about ourselves about apologize. Yeah, well, like and like you're coming off of the Phoenix Wright games and like what? Anyway, we can't go down Dragon's Dogma two. I mm-hmm. advertised oh the God. lies of peace stream by threatening to kill Twinkethy Chalamet, and it worked. See, this is where we are. we're in a different era. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we're in the Chalamet era. It's different. Dragon's Dogma Archer. The, so they had three vocations that you could play as here. You could not play as Magic Archer. You could not play. So they've announced. Six. I mean, Magic Archer is a, is a like sub. Like I saw in the, I watched the eight minute video clip yes. from TGS. Yes, and they tease the Magic Archer class, which looks sick. Yeah, but it's not like one of the. You're not. It's not a starting vocation. That's one. Which I think I remember in the original. That's like, correct. Work, the original. You had to work your way there yes. as a subclass. That right? is correct. So the way that the way that the first one worked is you could pick one of three starting classes. You could pick fighter, strider, which was like archer plus like knife guy, um, and or mage. Um, uh, this the all of those are here. That's not true. Not all of these are. Not all of those are here. But you could play as in this fighter. That's fighter. Shield, sword, archer. Who is just an archer, not the ranger from Dragon's Dogma One, which was like mm. there's color coding in, in Dragon's Dogma where it's like red is the fighter classes, yellow was like the roguish classes, and blue is the mage classes. And so like you'd eventually get hybrid classes like magic archer, which was yellow and blue because it was like rogue plus magic. In this, Strider has been split into Archer and Thief. And Thief is green, new color. So, theoretically, more hybrid classes. Um, is some of this related? You have played at least a little bit of Dragon's Dogma online. I is have. Some of this building on currently. what's happened there, or is this, is, is this completely separate? <sighs> yes and no. There was a, okay. an interview with Itsuno last week where he was like, listen, I didn't make that game. I had nothing right. to do with Dragon's Dogma online. Okay. But there are team members who did. And I'm not going to tell them not to bring... I'm curious what they learned while making that. So, of course, they can mm. bring their learnings in. But I would not look at... I, I would love to show you Dragon's Dogma online at some point. I think it's an interesting thing. The current, like, fan server setup is not ideal. Um, you know, there's, like, no story content, but you can run around and fight things and see cool abilities. Well, it was localized, right? So it was just sort it was, of uh, figured out. It wasn't localized, but there are there are translations uh, right. available for it. So and they like, announced the release date for Dragon's Dogma 2, which I feel like is going to be like spring of next year or something. Yeah, like, they, we'll, we'll, we will figure out. A, we'll jump into Dragon's do. Dogma online. Yeah, and we'll, we'll show some of that off. I think that makes sense. Um, so like now, so for this event, they had Fighter, they had Thief, they had Archer. Uh, we started with Archer because like, how does that feel? How does feel? How does playing a class that doesn't have, um, you know, a melee ability actually feel in this game? Um, and the answer turned out to be it might have been my favorite of the three, maybe because it's novel in some ways, but also because you're just doing Legolas shit nonstop. And I think that was also part of the like um, part of the way that it will end up being, you know, potentially for a wider audience is you get some action combat stuff that uh, that is further developed even than where Dragon's Dogma one was. Um, I'm going to give you two short videos that, that y'all can look at um, uh, at your will, but like it felt snappy. It felt punchy. Uh, the way that the combat works for the archer squares your main attack. Uh, triangle was like a slightly heavier uh, uh, attack that you could use. Um, and then, Snappy's not how I would describe shotgun arrows. Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, Snappy's not how I would describe the original Dragon's Dogma. Sluggish is also not appropriate, but no. it. it it's definitely uh, 
there's a weight to it. And it yes. sounds like this one it's not it moves quite a little faster. Monster Hunter or or Dark Souls in terms of how uh, you know precise you have to be with everything. The first Dragon Sagma, but it is it's also not DMC. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that this is actually even more blending those two spaces. Um, there's a lot of Monster Hunter vibes in this, which makes sense given the dev team. It feels cl- I, like the word, I wouldn't almost say snap, but I almost say clicky is the yeah. word that like I yeah. keep coming around to is because of that hit stop you mentioned. It's not just yeah. on hit stop. This is the thing that clicked for me recently. It's not just on hit stop. It is every time one body interacts, <laughs> is, is interacted with by a force. Yeah. It could be an explosion going off. It could be grabbing onto something. Yes. It could be transitioning from one state. If a force is being applied to a body, it happens and it creates the sense of like consistency across, like yeah. it basically makes the, by by fronting the artificiality, it makes the whole thing more cohesive. It feels, uh, there are times that it feels like you're reading a manga where you're like, oh, this is a panel. Yes. I jump kicked off this dude and my foot like sticks to him on the, so like the second video I sent is the archer has an ability where you can do like a dive kick, you like jump up and kick down. And then you use that same force to like kick off the guy and do like a, a backflip and shoot the arrow at someone else. Um, and that almost feels like a character action game, first of all, right? Because it's like jump in with X, square or triangle to do the front kick, and then square to shoot the the uh, bow when you're in the air again. Um, well, the, and, the director goes from Dragon's Dogma correct. to Devil May Cry, and then comes back to Dragon's Dogma, um, which seems like a very interesting totally. creative evolution. Like, I, I'm not shocked to like see a little bit of that rub off on on the sequel then right and 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 there are people on the staff who worked on the monster hunter series too right so it's like you have a lot of those three things um so that like the core gameplay feels like okay maybe this can appeal to a wider audience in a way that maybe the initial game was i mean the initial game found its audience it just took a decade of people coming to it and and coming to it with open arms i think there's stuff here that's still going to put people off there is no lock on there's no hard lock on you're not Pushing an R3 and getting a reticle that says, I'm now locked onto this guy. Even for the archer, which has a lot of auto-targeting, right? Like, it just, you hit square, you're going to find a target. The archer also can hold down R1, I want to say, to do target, like, to do a third-person shooter-style mode, which was also in the previous game. Um, uh, but then there's stuff that's, like, for sickos like me who love the first game. Um, a lot of the footage I took was us going through menus and discovering new weird things. Um, for instance... Um, you know, one of my big, big thoughts seeing the TGS footage was, oh, in Dragon's Dogma 1, uh, I don't know if, if y'all remember this, but L1 brought up a menu of abilities on your, on square triangle circle, and then R1 did the same thing, and that was six abilities. Three abilities on L1, three more on R1. This only has one, like, ability palette, and it's four abilities. And I was like, damn, am I losing two abilities per class? Like, that, I'm gonna feel kind of, like, hemmed in. But it turns out that many abilities have become, or some abilities have become, just basic core abilities. So, for instance, mages, all mages can just slot their heal spell to just triangle. Anodyne is, like, the the default. And, like, every mage ran with the heal spell in Dragon's Dogma 1, and you lost a slot to it every time. Go ahead, Ren. Or they didn't, and you were like, you I didn't notice why the you fuck grabbed did I get a pawn. You? Yeah, yeah, you grab exactly. a pawn and you're like, oh great, I have a healer. I grabbed a mage, and then and then I'm like, why am I not getting healed? And I right. check and it's like, why right. do you have high miasma? Why do you if I wanted a DPS, I would have gotten a sorcerer, which is the ones that don't get healing. And so like the idea of like that has become a core skill that all mages can do. 
And that was similar with some other things, like the thief has some physical attacks that used to be skills that are just like, hit the button repeatedly and you'll do this thing that used to be a skill, right? Um, and so like that's interesting to me in a real like intricate, I'm a super <laughs> fan of this series way. Uh, but then there's stuff that is just, I won't even call it quality of life, but it's quality of simulation maybe, right? This game feels like it is really leaning into some of the sort of simier parts of that first game. When I say simier parts, I mean stuff like the dark is really dark um, or like you have to prep before going on a big journey. Like a little bit of the, like the fantasy of going on a, 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 a medieval fantasy adventure. Um, so uh, for instance, How does fast travel work in the original. So game? in the original game, you got uh, one big crystal that went in the ground. Yeah. And I think you found a second one by the end game. <coughs> And then you had to spend these fairy crystals that were <laughs> expendable, they were consumable, and they were expensive. And so using one, like, cost. I remember there being a point of contention, even by people who liked the game, yes. was like, this seems a little silly. Well, and then in Dark Arisen, which is the version most people have played, because that's the version that's widely available, you get an eternal fairy stone. So the crystals that go in the ground are rare still, but you can... Um, uh, you can go between them as much as you want in the in Dark Arisen. So far, what it looks like is, if, from what they've shown at TGS, there is an ox cart system where you get in the back of an of an ox cart that goes from place to place. In they make Soccer a big 2. point of this in the footage. Like it's great. So you get in the ox cart to go from place to place. Yeah. And on the way there, if you just want to enjoy the view, yeah. you might be attacked, or you can get some shut eye. And just appear in the next location, uh-huh. which is just a really and like. Can you get attacked? I, I can't think of more sleep? dragons dogma, like just like slightly adjacent from normal or yes. how you would do a thing to be. Well, we could just put in a fast travel map, and we sort of did. Yeah, but it's an ox cart, and you don't have to sleep. You can go through the world yeah. if you want. Yeah, I'm just going to share this footage and put it on while we talk about it, so that if y'all have questions, you can talk about it. Yeah, I have the footage. You know, I brought my own B roll here. Um, uh, but yeah, so I feel like that is further, um, is even further structured here with stuff like there are camping in this, uh, and there was not, there did not used to be camping. Camping was not a thing before. Um, and the camping, um, is, there's different types of camping. There's like, uh, or a different type of camp supplies. Like we found mundane supplies and then we found, I forget what the other one was called. Um, yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, but the other one said like, when you use this. There's a there's a chance that it will be broken by monsters, and so, I don't know if that meant that we were going to be attacked in the night or if like your camp could be destroyed when you're not there, and so you'd have to use another camping supply to set it up again. I don't know. So one of the other things that I find interesting about like the simulationist like bent that you're talking about, Austin, is that it's like <clears throat> simulationist feels like a hard it feels like an. Uh, an orthogonal word here, because what is not happening is, like, there is not, like, a perfect physics model. No. Like, being done but, here, right? The hunger is not being tracked. But when you go and you sit at a camp, you get stat boosts from eating food. And from so, eating like, food, yeah. The motions also, are there. The affect is there, if no, not the second. actual system. If I show you one thing, it has to be, it has to be the meal. If, I, if you see one thing, it has to be How the meal. How high quality are the... All right, here we go. We're gonna watch you watch us eat some beast steak, the nutritious flesh of a wild creature. Consume it to recover a small amount of health. Effect: strength plus four, defense and stamina up. Uh, any guesses on what this meat's? I'm just gonna hit play. I'm just gonna hit play on this, and then you're gonna see some uh-huh. meat getting Use eaten. Use beast steak. 
I did. Here it is. Oh my god. High <laughs> quality. Wait till you Holy Bro. shit, is that just FMV? That is what it looks like. That doesn't look d- digital. That looks like they just shot Fuck food. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And like, remember, like th- to me, that's like the Monster Hunter food team worked on this. And then they but they said, oh, instead of doing in, I'm just gonna play it again. Instead of the <laughs> beautiful a, bean footage. But I, it's a render. I don't know. Render. It's a good render. That's a render, but it's a really good render. It's so good. I should have cooked the other meal. I feel mad at myself now for not I know, looking to see what apples. the other meal was. Dude, I wanted to see dried apples so bad. Well, wait, I wanted to I see dried... make... So that's just like a raw ingredient, like beef steak. Yeah, Can dude, you make meals I... like stews and... I would love like... to. I have no idea. I bet people are at... Have at I bet someone else just did this during their TGS demo and they have... And they have footage. My search for Dragon's Dogma Two food is not is not has not popped up with anything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it goes sometimes. Um, The so that that is that is part of the the thing where it's like you're right. It's not simulationist, but the type of the genre space that it's in is leaning into some of those that sort of high you know fidelity uh, detail. And there's other stuff like that too. Like for instance, in that big Cyclops fight, which was is that thief. We, I thought that as the thief, I want to say. Um, uh, we saw that, like, you're not just... The, in the, in Dragon's Dogma 1, there's a lot of fighting big monsters, and it was great. And I love the fighting big monsters in Dragon's Dogma 1. Here, there is a sort of... Um, there's more animation states for these big creatures as they tumble and fall. Uh, and, so, and, and so you can, like... There's a point in this fight where it starts to fall, and I kind of push it a direction. Which isn't a thing you could really do in Dragon's Dogma 1. When it was time to go down, motherfucker fell wherever they wanted to. And here, there's just like a little more fidelity in the in-between states of the creatures moving and falling, right? Well, the, footi- the like- footage, they showed a sequence where you, uh, the players pushed an enemy over like a gap and then used <sighs> yes. the body to get across that gap. Yes. Now, you probably could have jumped it. Like I, I couldn't tell. Maybe it was, it was too- a pretty far gap. Though, yeah, you know, that, I couldn't. Oh, that was great. Uh, yeah. I couldn't tell if that was like a puzzle element, like use this enemy to get there, or that is just a extension of the systems allowing you to do something different. I, I, I think that's just an extension of the systems from what we've seen so far. Also, also, Rob said that was great to something. And Austin, could you rewind in this footage just a little bit so I can point something out about this that yeah, I think is sure. really this sick? Is, yeah, uh huh. This is the thing that I keep pointing out because I think it's really cool. Uh, so go back, back. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what Austin does here is he plants a a powder (laughs) charge in the head of this Cyclops, and it starts falling in one direction, and then Uh he detonates it, and then its head snaps back forward, and it falls in a different direction. That's not even the best one. The best one is is when I plant the second powder charge in its brain, uh, which I don't think that's a thing you should do to anything, even to a Cyclops. Mm -hmm. This was actually the part of Dragon's Dogma that I was uncomfortable with within 30 seconds of starting the first game. It was like, these creatures oh, are beautiful. They're gorgeous. There's a real <laughs> shadow of the Colossus thing happening here in this game where you're like, I do I have to be the executioner of all beauty in the world? Yes? Okay. And the good news is I think the game is a little is actually uh <laughs> me stabbing this oh Cyclops in the eye repeatedly. Um don't worry, it's gonna get worse. Uh the the I think that there's part of it that is like Wait, now you're upside down and doing like construction work on its lower jaw. Yeah. I don't like Sorry. this. Rob, right. did you see it fucking we, sit? I, I can't do Austin this. Austin made him sit. He made yeah. him take a squat. 
the the combat animations are just really strong Sorry. and i think that's the stuff that's like there's gonna be great video of this game when it comes out uh people are gonna be doing all sorts of really cool shit and be excited just by the the way like this is gonna also be served well by there being social media where it's easy to share video you know I have a question about this yes sure with it falling like i'm curious can big monster like fall and squish people like if it, as yeah. it goes down like is there a because there's a bit yeah. of suspense as like your party's rushing around its feet and it's tottering there and like just intuitively i'm like oh this is like a dangerous part of the kill because uh, this is, thing's coming down yeah but then there's a collision detection seems super iffy like they clearly it just clips through trees and it does just clip through trees i think that it, it leans towards like arcadey when it would get in the way and then towards something more like cinematic realism when it would be interesting for it to go bad right um there was a moment where i was fighting a griffin as the fighter towards the end um where it took off with me and one of the other pawns on there uh and um first of all there was a moment when it just fucking flung me far like 40 feet away i like it was down it's like hurt really bad i'm doing jump attacks on it and stuff like it's time for me to climb this thing's neck nope and it just flings me 30 feet away go Uh, birds okay i have spent i've been scouring the internet for more food for more food i I believe i have found more food footage so if we uh, if we click yeah please i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna close this um i believe uh uh, roll that beautiful bean footage yeah if you just click on that you should get another uh i believe a beef steak but a different shot this time Oh, a different oh. shot of the same steak. So this, looks, this is. I think this is real. Oh, I do this not is evening beef steak. I do oh, not yeah. think this is this is digital. This is, I believe. I oh, uh, my so guess good. is that this is the second tier of beef steak, which you can tell because of the seasoning. Yeah, I the think, seasoning I is think really the seasoning good. is the I didn't thing that this. signifies it as the second stage, the second quality of beef steak. This says it's just beef steak. Maybe really? at night you can really see the seasoning, or maybe I'm just trash at cooking. This would be the kind of thing where if I was still it blogging. Looks so good. I, like, this would be my blog. I was like, I need a Capcom, you need to answer, answer for this. Let me, is this, is this real, is this real footage? Or you should send them that email anyway. I should, I should. Hey, sorry. Podcast got really hung up on. <laughs> and if you write that blog in your Pacifica, uh-huh uh-huh yeah exactly then the irs will be cool yeah well it's funny this video so this video is from who's this from this is from the gamer um uh they show something else that i thought was very funny except i think ours is funnier and um they go to a place called the Riftstone of duty so do you remember uh patrick in the first game there are these things called Riftstones where you get your your pawns from um by and large there are a couple out in the wild in dragon's dogma one but mostly there's the one that you go to you know in your your pawn center basically um or like there's a couple of them that you go to but they're just all places you go and you go oh i need a ranger oh i need a fighter i need a mage whatever um but i went right to it amazing here um we found one in the wild uh near a near a big dude actually right because it was near the guy who gave us that that mission i think it was just near camp it was. It was near this big lion man, huge new tech lion man with incredible armor. Uh, all the armor looks great. These big lion dudes are very cool to me. Um, there you saw I pledged my allegiance to him. Um, <laughs> but nearby uh, was a riftstone, and I was like, okay, cool. Let's let's go check out that riftstone. Uh, you know, you kind of you go over, you you hit the button to like repair it basically and make it come into being, and you instantly slip into 
the like pawn world. For people who don't know this, pawns are NPC NPC party members. You have a primary one, and you have two other slots. Now, and the game doesn't have co op. You are it's it's a single player game in which you are bringing yes. in these pawns, but your yes. pawns can then go into other play when you are not like your pawns can go into the pawniverse and go be <laughs> like have adventures, and that's where they like, can, they can level up and grab items and bring things yes. back to to yes. your world. Exactly. Um, and, and they do that here too. And they can also come back with knowledge. Um, and they're actually really forceful about it in this where like, if they know about a quest and you tell me, you hit up on the D pad to be like, Hey, lead me to, if you know about this quest, take me somewhere. They are like forceful to a very funny degree where they will be oh like, I guess you don't want to follow me then. Huh? I over here. We're going to the mine. You said you wanted to go kill the mine goblins. I know where the mine goblins are because <laughs> I went to another dimension and fought them already. Do you or don't you want to come with me to the mine goblins? And if you um, don't want to, it's fine. But right. tell me that. Yes. Like, at least it, it feels well, like communicating with your... I hit down on the D-pad to tell them, no, I'm good once. And one of the pawns was like, I, I suppose we have different priorities now. And then another <laughs> pawn was like, don't gain stay or don't gain say the Arisen's demands. Uh, you know, other pawn, like very much like debating amongst themselves. I don't like was that good. second pawn, though. <laughs> little little bootlicking. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, so we repaired this rift stone, and I expected it to be a rift stone where, like, I go in and I say, "Oh, I want to look for mages or whatever." But this was a particular rift stone. This was the rift stone of the summit because it was on top of a little hill, and it doesn't let you just search for any pawns you want. You find male pawns who are tall in stature. <laughs> this is the tall boys riftstone, oh and the and it just automatically pulls big tall guys across all the different classes. That is so good. It's a pre-built filter that you can't change, and so like eventually, I mean, you'll see us get confused. We like went in and went out and like came back around and <laughs> okay, let's go see this this big pawn. And at first, I kind of didn't realize it, but like, look how tall that They're guy big. is. There's a sea of big men. Like, Austin, when Austin says, let's go check this guy out, I need to be clear that yeah. when he says, check this guy out, there's like nine guys, and they're all seven feet tall. They're gigantic. They're, they're huge they guys. They are huge. They're huge guys. And all with their lanterns lit, may yes. I note? <laughs> yes, uh, important note. There is a quick button, even on console now, for bringing your lantern out. You can turn your lantern all by hitting like L1 and right. Thank you can hit you. L1 and up for a healing item. You hit L1 and down for a for a stamina recovery item. Huge quality of life change. 100%. Maybe Dragon's Dog 1 should have had that. <laughs> and if it did, it would have been more successful earlier. Who could say? Um, so, yeah, lots of little things like that. And again, like I could go into deep detail on some stuff that's new and weird that's like um, looking at the 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 pawns in this in this thing there's a new specialization category that has things like hawker and surgeon but spelled in the medieval way with a ch at the beginning of oh, it chirigian chirigian yeah exactly so what does that mean what is this i think I, I think the the fandom thinks that specialization is what used to be called inclination where pawns would have like medicant which meant that they were focused on healing for instance um, uh, and, and what used to be called inclination or what used to just be like how they speak is now called inclination. So there's like simple, kind hearted, calm. And that's like what, what the simple is. mean. I, I just basic direct to the point. Direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's pumpkin okay. spice season. <laughs> simple. 
Exactly. This is basic. Is what simple means. Like they're wearing Crocs. They're ordering their their, their I PSLs. Said, I had my first pumpkin spice of the year, and it was pretty fucking good. Now, it, mind you, sorry, Ren, not a Starbucks uh, pumpkin spice. I think you 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 would be with me on they've oversweetened that over the years, right? Like that's gotten a little out of hand. I, I don't like Starbucks. Dude. Like just because I work there does not mean that I fuck with them like that. Like You're we're not, not we, like, Star, Starbucks. Hang on now, cool like sir. That. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. You're good. Uh, um, yeah. So, so like little things like that are like have my interest. Like, okay, how are they shifting these systems a little bit? Uh, the world of map seems very big. Um, I think they've said it's like four times as big as the previous map. Really the area, big. Yeah. The okay, areas. So that we, I will say. Yes. Um, are you still looking for food? Exploring. The, well, no, I stopped. I ran out of footage. Oh. It was it was looping at that point. Um, okay bigger i'm not sure better you know the world of dragon's dogma not right. necessarily the high well like going to a city in dragon's uh, dogma not necessarily i know what you mean what you mean is like it's not like breath of the wild where there are lots of little secrets to find correct a thing that's new and different is we did keep running into npcs in the world who would be like hey wait i have a quest for you and that okay. just didn't happen in dragon's dogma one that often out in the open also, I will say that, like, while we were going through, we were we were in a pretty small area. Yes. And, like, of course, it's a vertical slice, blah, 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 blah. Of course, they're going to show us, like, one of... There was a lot of shit everywhere. And, yeah. like, a lot of, like, really interesting geography everywhere. Yeah. Like, it is a beautifully realized space. Uh, and it's, it's... There's something that's just different about this world, I think, than than a lot of other open world games, which is, like... Here, there's this moment where we came to this kind of bluff looking out over a river, and there was a cave across the way that we wanted to get in. And, and Ren, you were like, no, wait, can you, how far is the next crossing? Because, like, there's no way across here. I can see over there. I can't get across that river safely. And you, ha- you were like, look up the river. And I was like, I think we got to go all the way up there and then up those hills and then across because it doesn't connect up to the next level anywhere and we don't have like any sort of like i can't levitate one of my guys can levitate but i can't um so i can't double jump or anything and like that is not the way i engage with the world in most games like even in breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom tears of the kingdom it's like what can i build to get me over there really quick? yeah but that is dragon's dogma is the game where you go i think we have to go about 10 minutes north and then we can cross over west and come back south to get into that cave we tried to do a cut through. We, tr- we, we tried to cut through an area, and it was just too dense. Like it's it was, too it was dense actually and really dark sick and scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it is. It is. It is this game. It's really pretty, uh, it, but it's pretty in a way that I think maybe it's a very subdued pretty. Right. Like I think running around this big area of like ancient ruins and big wheat fields and stuff is just gorgeous, but it's not you know um hdr lighting and it's not you know, flashy it doesn't feel it's like not it's showing flashy. off and to me that's part of the appeal is that dragon's dog has always been a very subtle game aesthetically it is like fantasy ass fantasy but played in a way that i think is really charming Wait. for some reason hey austin yeah hey austin What's up? Will you will you rewind tw- 30 seconds? Yeah, sure. What's because uh, something was said to us during the preview. And I'm going to just pause right. Oh, did you see it? Fuck. Is it there? Wait till you look up. Okay. A little bit further. A little bit further. Is it there? I don't see it. To your left. It's going to be to your left. It's in the upper left of the camera. Is it? Oh, there it is. (laughs) So, yep, there it is. 
Yep. Uh, uh, the guy, the guy who's behind us was like, I was like, what should I, should we go? I was like, I'm going this way and I'm not running anything because it's like a dense human area where people live. And he was like, yeah, I think you, um, when you were spinning around, <laughs> he didn't say like an idiot, but when you were doing the spin around attack over and over again <laughs> in the, in the field, I think you scared away the griffin that was right near there. Yeah, there it is. Oh, there That's it is. really it's right there. funny. I was going to say, I found funny. In in the footage that I was scrubbing through, a lot of Griffin fights. Uh, yeah, there which are a makes lot of me think and that I did get that get Griffin to one. Fight. Yeah, they yeah. they put that Griffin right there for you to go fight. You know, um, and that Griffin fight, I don't think you're leveled for it enough when you get there. I think that you are not quite ready to have the Griffin fight. Well, uh, I don't know. If that's how I'd attack a Griffin. How would you it's, attack a Griffin? Not crawling it's, up its ass. Like, I think would have been in that, <laughs> that's in that its footage, weak point. The entire like, let me just ride the tail of the Rob, curve. I regret to inform you. That is Dragon's, Dragon's dogma, dogma is climbing up the ass of a monster. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. that's a huge part of that's a huge yeah. part of what you do in that game. Yeah, here what? I am climbing this damn thing with my friend Sarah. What happened to Sarah? Sarah seems to have just disappeared. Don't worry Uh-oh. about it. Go into the menu. Come out of the menu. Pawn death and revival. <laughs> Sarah fell to her death. Uh, uh, one other thing I, would, I, I forgot. I fall yes. off the back of the of the griffin for a second, but land on its feet, on its rear feet, and catch my breath for a moment. And like I think that the the big spiraling set pieces as you fight big monsters are still really good. The big like the world is still um flat in the right way to me. Uh in the way that's like I just want to feel like there's part of me that likes this the way the same way that when I play a game like Skyrim, I load it on mod that says, make me not the Dragonborn. I want to feel kind of just like in the world. I want to, and the world of Dragon's Dogma is a world where you can feel like you're just in the mix of a bunch of muddy, bloody mercenaries, you know? Um, well, it so, does seem yeah. like, you know, maybe this is just, you know, if, if, thankfully the rest of Capcom is in like a really healthy state. The company is doing really well. But yeah. my big worry with was like, yeah, what do I want? Dragon's Dogma 2, what are we going to get? Not sure. Um, not like sure what 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 does it mean the capcom that released dragon's dogma is a fundamentally different company yes. it's pre monster hunter world right yes. and like it's pre resident evil 7 it is just a different company and so my worry was like they've that company shown a lot of quality good quality control let like teams make good games and let them get found by audiences but dragon's dogma was just sudden oddity but by all accounts this does seem to be like them following the monster hunter model of just make the good game and then eventually it will find i mean i do i expect dragon's dogma 2 to i don't think it's ever going to be like that kind of game but can it be be monster hunter big can it be like armored core where it's like it's bigger like they they just make like more people social media streaming this game will do better than that original did faster and that's all I can really ask for, and it makes me excited for more people to discover what's unique about, uh, well, yes. a series. That's that's now. my hope too. Um, I go ahead. It is my hope that we get a Dragon's Dogma two moment in the same way that we have somehow gotten a Lies of P moment. We 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 got the Lies <sighs> of P moment, and I would uh-huh. I would love it if just even if it even if it doesn't stick, if we just have one good week where everyone, where everyone gets really on. into Dragon's Dog. Yeah, this is a game totally. where like Microsoft getting out that checkbook and putting it on something like Game Pass would help a game oh, that would be huge. Like this that would achieve huge. a moment. Like I think that was part of Lies of P having a moment like that. I mean part of that was 
you know, the ridiculous premise of that game put up against what is, by all accounts, a very excellent, you know, one of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is the kind of game where, like, I just want more people to try it. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that look at this and go, still kind of, huh? Um, yeah. And that's why I'm but happy. Also, I'm happy that it still has that huh quality to it. Yes, uh, me too. I, I really did think, oh my god, are they going to have sanded away all the weirdness of this? And there are bits that I'm happy to have sanded. Like, having a quick, you know, quick heal button that uses my, whatever my uh, healing items are, great. Happy to have it, you know? Um, but there's also part of me that's like, I... There was a moment when I went into the inventory and didn't think I could combine things anymore in the inventory. And I was like, oh, no, do they get out the thing where, like, you take this herb and combine it with this herb to make a slightly stronger, more powerful herb? And they didn't. That's still in there, right? Yeah. And, like, like that plus, uh, you know, some, some combat a- animations that are, uh, uh, let's say, way more sicker than they used to be. <laughs> a game that I think already had pretty sick combat animations. uh-huh. uh-huh. I think gives it a, a maybe a chance of going bigger, right? Um, we'll see. I I no date on it, right? And a lot of open questions still about just like how many classes are there going to be, right? Yeah. Um, they've shown two of the of the hybrid classes, magic archer and and mystic spear. That one looks spear. You have to kind of like a hand. bow staff yeah. and, and essentially Jedi force powers. Um, it looks sick to pick up enemies and like whip them, at, throw them around at, uh, at bigger ones. I mean, and teleport. At the end of the day, we got Dragon's Dogma 2. Like, Waypoint's yep. mission succeeded. Success. Like, we, we did, did it. it. Like, the site may yeah. have disappeared. We couldn't bring you to the promised land, but we could see it from where, where we <laughs> exactly. left it off. Exactly. Like, like, that's all. You know? that, all I wanted was them to make it. it does, this game yeah. doesn't need to be a success. I don't give a shit. Like, it'd be nice. But you know yeah. what? All I wanted was the sequel. I got yep. that. We, we yep. did it. Right. And, like, in there, again, there it really is some part of me that is, like, I hope it's... I would rather it be another 10-year cycle of people being like, eh, this isn't that good. Actually, it's pretty good. <laughs> Actually, you know what? This has some, this is a really unique game. Then it'd be just a banger in a way that's like, oh, it's getting 10s from IGN and it fits the, the like, I don't think this is going to be that I'd, kind of I'd game. Rather I think be it's going to be a slow burn. <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's, it's like, yes. it's like eights and it's like interesting, right. but like, yeah. huh. And yeah. that's okay. Well, that's okay. And, and, there's a way that it, like, it could be bad also, right? It could be, oh, yeah, they kind of just did the first one again with no interesting new ideas. And that, to me, would be the worst version of it, um, where it's like, yeah, I, I, I'll still play it. I'll still have a good time with it. Um, but, you know, uh, the version of it that doesn't find some new thing that uh, uh, feels as exciting or as weird as the pawn system or as interesting as the character building and the character progression in the first one. Like, I hope that there's some new stuff happening here that that um feels as new you know um i noticed the word new twice there but no i'm being being i'm giving into the astonishment of looking at this gameplay footage and being like i just want to play more dragon's dogma 2 and the other thing is they were like yeah um there might be times we have to come over and tell you to turn around because like the whole game's in here at this point (laughs) uh this is a finished game um so i do suspect early 2024 i bet that there is some bug fixing. And Capcom has a long history of releasing stuff. games in January yes. and February. And yes. they have a fiscal year end in March. And I would yep. expect this game comes out before then. When is, um, when is like the, one of the game awards? Like, December. I announce. I feel like I'm getting a, a preview of the game awards because Jeff Keighley's in Japan and just keeps 
tweeting photos from right. different studios. Like, I'm at From Software. Out with it's like, oh, right. Like, they're probably going to show a trailer for that Elden Ring DLC. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. Up. Um, I mean, this is the other thing. Is like, playing this game was really a... I really liked Elden Ring. It wasn't Dragon's Dogma 2. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Um, really quick, because while we were there, we did also touch this. We played Resident Evil Village on iPad. Yeah. How the fuck did that run? Austin, I... I, I what, it, it was good. It looked uh, like I, Resident Evil 7. Sorry, Resident looked, Evil 8. It looked great on the on, on iPad. And I think the actual thing that's worth... like the, the actual news hit, again, if I had come home and been like, okay, we got it. If I'd come back to Waypoint offices and been like, okay, we have to write about this. The thing I would ask you to go ask them about is um, their performance options in that game. You can change the resolution. You can change the shadow. You get, it's like a PC game that just runs on an iPad with all of those PC quality options, which is not a thing I ever expected to see on any iPad game, because in my mind, that's not how iOS works. iOS is like, Apple is like, put your game on our thing yeah, and make it, it look runs. good. Yeah. It just runs. You can get in there and be like, oh, I want to turn this down. <laughs> That's well, they're also charging $60 for this one, right? Which I think, Yikes! Um, I mean, it's the game. It's the it game. It is the game. I think they should char- like, the, the mobile system yeah. has a, a broken financial mm-hmm. ecosystem. That game, like Re- the Resident Evil 4, the remake is also coming to both platforms, right. uh, all those platforms later this year. That game just came out. They should charge yeah. what Full they're charging elsewhere. And if it runs well, I think it that's ran, actually it ran like, great. I, yeah, it, it it ran incredible. I turned up the settings and it still ran incredible. Like I turned it, I I maxed everything that the iPad would allow me to max. Which, by the way, has better graphics memory than my actual desktop that I'm <laughs> sitting at right, right now. Right. And, and so, like when we played it, it was like extremely smooth and very pretty, and like not running at a lower resolution. It was not like it, it was doing, you know, it was doing upscaling, but like it was upscaling to 1080. It was not doing the thing that the Steam Deck or that the Switch does where it's like, yeah, it's it's running OK, but like it's a, it's running at a lower resolution on a smaller screen. No, they were like, we're going to target like 1920, 1080 on an iPad screen with 16 gigabytes of graphics memory. And the game runs perfectly. Like I was I was legitimately caught off guard by it. Yeah, not, you know, it's it was that game. It's like we played The Beating of Village. I don't have too much else to say about that. Um, but, yeah. Well, our time draws short. It does. Where do we want to spend it? That's the question. Do we want to talk about Cyberpunk? Do we want to do We all letters? played Cyberpunk, right? Yeah. We've all played Cyberpunk. A 2.0 update. So where did everyone start? So I, I talked about it last week where I yeah. took my character... End game character, end game save. You beat that game on stream, right? I did. Respect it, and with the new like blade and and stealth uh, uh, options they have, which are really good. And then just picked up the expansion. Is that where everyone else has started? Or did you start, start from scratch. Character. Yeah. yeah, I dude. never played it originally, so I have only experienced two point That's interesting. What's your feeling on it then? Because if you've never, how far in are you? So I'm about like I have just finished up the stuff with. I just have unlocked the ability to go do Phantom Liberty. Uh, oh, which, so you're way you're ahead of like a third then. into the game. Yeah, like yeah. So you did the voodoo. Chunk. You did the voodoo boy stuff. You yeah, did the I did all Pacifica. that stuff right away. Gotcha, well, also, cool. I I probably did it a little bit early because I showed up there and I fought the one. What's the big lady? <sighs> I forget what her name is. She's Matilda Jack. Rose. Matilda yes, Rose, in the, in the aka abandoned Sasquatch. Mall. Yes, Sasquatch. Yes, that I got fight to, rules. I got to her and I said, "I'm not doing this." 
because I am playing the game on one very hard already my fault but two uh-huh. I was level 15 when I showed up there oh yeah I just did the heist and I'm level 17 or something like yeah. I'm you like lo- I think level you level 30. a lot faster in this 2.0 update I think they it seems changed, like you do um that system as well but yeah what was obviously supposed to be like level 30 or so area yeah. I was doing it which was by the way really fun because it meant that I had to take every enemy I like moved through there extremely seriously which yeah. is like a really cool way to do that, that to do that like section um but I've, I've been really enjoying it. I, I have liked the character who I've decided to play as. Like, I, I have liked the... Ver- uh, one... What are really- all of our life paths? Where did we all go? Street Kid. Street Kid. Corpo Baby! Corpo Baby. I, w- yeah. I want uh-huh. my I've character to be an you, asshole. Patrick. Uh, yeah. Like, when I play... When I, it was also because I was streaming it. Like, I like yeah. to play uh, characters against personal type of, like, how would I play this at home? what's the more entertaining thing and more interesting yeah. is to play a different style of character than I would play if I was just doing it myself. Yeah. Uh, I did Corpo. Uh, like I just dig locating my character in that world already compromised by the system. And also yeah. I really was like, all right, new PC haven't seen new, uh, new You want to see that intro where you're looking ball. out. Yeah, you're in the flyer. You're looking the out. Flyer at the flyer is incredible. It's really good. It's such did, a good looking game. I have restarted this game four or five times now over the years. Uh, I've played every background at this point. Um, my last guy, I, I have always struggled with the male V voice. He's fine, but he like feels like a particular guy. The feet like the the female V. Like, like it's just She's like, so it's good. just a it's just a VO. Like it's like totally fine. Accomplishes reading the lines, but like. The female V-Line is, like, an exceptional performance. It's really, it's really so good. good. I have been amazed by this performance because, like, yeah. I have found myself like being like, oh, cool, I don't like my player character. I like V. I, I am v. charmed v by is, the yeah, character 100%. in the same way that yes. I am charmed by Geralt. In right, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to th- I think you have to think about that character in that particular way in some ways. The, the one time I did get a male V who I liked a lot, I made him um, the Nomad uh, start, and this was like, I want him to just be a dirt bag, like a dirt bag greaser engineer guy, like a like a mechanic, and that worked because that felt right for that voice for his voice reads. But yeah, I went Corpo uh, FMV for this one, and very good, uh, very fun to think about Johnny in the Corpo V head. Uh, all, that that stuff is all very fun. And I yeah. wish they did more with that. That like you're an Arasaka goon. And you just get like they never because they can't they don't accommodate like too much like background specific stuff. But like the fact that the corpo background is specifically you rub your eyeballs in Arasaka like corporate drama. Um, and then, yeah, you get you get Johnny that way. Come on. Well, the thing that I actually really like about the the different backgrounds, the way they, in effect, how Johnny interacts with you, it seems like the street kid background is really just, like, you call Johnny on a bunch of bull. Like, the thing that I've oh, been really funny. impressed by in this game is the ways in which, like, Johnny Silverhand as a character is written as the worst fucking dude I've, yeah. I've ever encountered. And, like, the street kid V is, like... Every I have watched you do this. I watched you run the same fucking scam with like (laughs) six women in a row. Do you are embarrassing yourself? Johnny Silverhand is such a funny dirt, like complete piece of shit. Which is interesting. Is like that is his character. Like there was a there's a line in um an early side quest that you get where you go back to one of his his. He's like, we should go to this place that I used to do gigs at. Right, uh, it's it's near where one of the fixers is. Um, what is yeah. her name? I forget what her name Wakaka. is. Wakako. Wakako. Yeah, it's Wakako. I think. 
Um, uh, and you go and it's turned into like a ramen shop. It's not a bar. It's not a venue anymore. And you go and you find someone who uh, sells, uh, you know, antique, uh, retro, retro, uh, music stuff. And you try to get one of his first albums, like a bootleg or whatever. And there's this throwaway line at the very end of it where he talks about how, you know, he's from a time when people were real and they weren't all, they weren't all just chrome junkies. They weren't all like chromed up. And it's like, dude, you, you're Johnny Silverhand. You have a robot arm. And the thing is that he knew how to like merchandise himself and sell himself on that. But that's a that's an arm he got because he lost his arm at, at war, right? And he lived in a time when you had big silver robot arms. It's almost like the Deus Ex one thing of like the two generations of cy- of cyborgs. And I think he hates it, right? And like the realization that here is a character who his name is I have a robot arm. But looks around the world and thinks that robot arms are uh, are unnatural because that's the time of that's the 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 that is the ideological headspace that that character is in, and he can only see them as ugly and depressed and, and part of an oppressive oppressive scheme. Is really like oh, that's kind of interesting character work in this game that I've always thought this about this game. The main plot stuff is failed by the open world and like the art design of the posters and the advertisements. And even some of the world building around things like the tiger claws, like all of the like the transphobic stuff, the racist shit in this game is is like pulls down some really good central character work in characters like Jackie and and Johnny and Evelyn and all these other characters. I just let uh, Johnny do his whole Arasaka spiel. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 like after you finish the the voodoo Bo- the voodoo boys like quest line, yeah. and you, he does his little spiel about Arasaka, and it's just the one of the emptiest monologues I think I've ever heard a character give. Yes. And like the the best part is V doesn't have a, by the end V doesn't have a response. He just keeps going and going and going, and like at the end of it, I expected some dialogue option to show up, and it didn't. Like, in, like, the only dialogue option was to interrupt him and be like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> and then He's other good. than that, he just stops. And, like, it, it's such a good, like, well-done character moment. I've just, I've just been, I've been surprisingly impressed. And also, like, the character I've been playing has been really fun. I've been doing um, throwing knives and revolvers. Um, throwing knives feel great. Yeah, I wanted to be, like, the, the idea for the character was, like, the street kid, but, like, I want her, I want my V to move like a knife, but not like a knife in the like elegant way, but in a like jagged dash. I grabbed the kitchen knife. I'm doing my best. I'm cutting exactly. people. Rob, you've, you were a, a two, you were, you played this game when it launched. Are you also feeling that like 2.0 has been a big step up just mechanically? Is it, it keeping your attention more? Or are you? Uh, yeah. it, like, and it, it's it's little things like the the reworked skill trees are just more interesting. Uh, it feels like character building decisions like are more impactful early. There's more there's there's more things in play to choose. Like, how do I want to spec this out? Uh, honestly, it it should be, uh, no. I guess it does make sense. This is as big a deal as it is. Um, the fact that they divorced armor stats from cosmetics it's huge. just like it's huge. the fact that you no longer have to because by and large the same the same dog shit that like informs the poster design in this world uh that you just keep seeing again and again and again it just keeps taking you out of the world because it's like it, it's second rate and both conceptually and in execution that apply to a lot of the costuming that you would come across in the game and so you would be sitting there being like, I want to, you know, I want to be the cool character, you know, cutting this awesome figure in the rain drenched streets. And then it's like, do, 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 you know, here's a, <laughs> yes. like, 
Clown Here, here's shit. a fuchsia uh, puffer jacket with yep. like a uh, like a cobalt blue headband. Enjoy. And by the way, this is the and best it wasn't fashion like souls. The game. Right. That's the thing. Right. It's like and there was so stat dependent. For people who don't know now, there's no the armor stuff does not. Every a few pieces have a little armor on them. Right. Like if you wear a flak jacket, you'll get plus five or plus ten armor or whatever, which is actually kind of a cool look. Also, you can build a look around a piece like that. In a way that you really, in the old version, everything gave you stats and that was just like unconnected from what it was in a real way where, yeah, your fuchsia puffer jacket would be the best defense you well, had. That's why you had to create like outfits that, you know, were, were yes. separate. So it's like, but even just, that was later, Patrick, that wasn't correct. at launch. That was something I had when I, when I played yes. through the game, but it was not there at launch. And yeah, you'll get like little bits where like, oh, you're like a, a percentage increase on a weapon scope if you're wearing a a some sort of like headwear but again it's right it's never big enough that it, it actually changes your build meaningfully like and you can just cool, wear good what you now wear. to get fashion to be like ooh, what can i where, where can i wear this what outfit could i build around this Brand. the other the other cool thing is that like they have moved that system it's not that armor is gone they just right. moved it to a different place which is like exclusively into it seems the cyberware yes. which like i think is a really really brilliant choice because one it makes the world feel like more grounded you know yeah. like a suspension of disbelief aside like you're taking a lot of bullets it's good that they made it so that it is your skin that is more resistant it is your skin and bones right. that are more resistant and also like, it's like when someone shirt. is a a bullet sponge in this game, unlike the division or something, you could be like, oh yeah, I guess they have like a high level armor, right? You know, exactly. mod or whatever. Next level, man. As exactly. Opposed to, I well, damn, that jumper is really resistant. <laughs> exactly. But, well, and I'm at the point now where I'm like, if I'm going to do this blades build that I'm thinking about doing because it looks and feels so cool now. Um, do I want the the implant that gives me extra defense when I'm within five meters of my enemy? Because like. It's it's like armor that's really good at close range stuff. Or do I want to go back over to the more stealthy build and get the, the long range defensive implant? Like those decisions well, exist now and, and didn't really before. It's also the fact that like, you're refining over time. Yeah. Like th that's the really cool thing about this armor system is that like in other games, when you get the good armor that you want, that is the like once you have the good armor, you just stick with it for the most part or yeah. maybe like switch to another build if like you end up doing so. But here like instead of getting the piece of armor, instead you were like putting together over the course of time, like sharpening the way your character interfaces with this world. So like, okay, first armor upgrade. What, my first subterranean plant is an armor. It's optical camo. And then the next one is going to be, maybe that one will be when I finally get like actual armor. And like, that's a lot more interesting, a, a, a much more interesting decision to make, which is like, it's a really elegant design decision to like consolidate all of this into the into the cyberware system i think it's like really clever yeah also it looks good it's a it's a good looking game it's better than it looked you know ever before um i think there's like some weirdness around like there's some interfaces that feel like the in-game computers feel worse to me there's like some weird ghosting artifacts on the cursor and stuff now that did not used to be there um but it, the the exchange for that is every character is beautifully lit constantly using some of the new ray tracing stuff that and the dlss stuff that is just like yeah i get wow. a lot of weird just, artifacting uh though like consistently which is, I get some it comes that. with the territory yeah. like uh like 
street adver- advertisements just like break up in a lot of places oh, uh, and like the image like sort of shutters and, and well. different like this the subsurface gets rendered over the the ad and then they flicker back and then sometimes they'll have that's weird just things me like, i hacked all the trash <laughs> advertisements so you can't read them anywhere don't worry nope, sorry i'm you. still getting the three miles once to one desire <laughs> ad uh everywhere <laughs> uh, everywhere i fucking turn. are you still getting the ad with the dude with the butt coming up to the guy who's going ah uh, I want to. Yeah, I want to eat that butt. You know, you're not getting that one. That one's not there. Is that the Watson? I'm sorry ad? that. You, I it might it's the, no. The eat the butt ad is still in the game. We we came across it on, on stream. Perfect. Uh, okay, earlier good. this week. So don't you worry. Um. Yeah. Any, but like, I just did Jackie's Ofrenda, which uh, <sighs> which is heartbreaking, um, and is gorgeous because the inside of that bar is just. Have you all done that? Mm-hmm. Quest? Yeah. I just okay. I just did it the other day. Do you don't get that quest if you don't send it his body to Mama Wells? You don't get it. And you know what? You shouldn't. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you shouldn't get to go you, you to can, any um, sort of. They, they, uh, there's a you can even fail out of the entire Phantom Liberty quest line. Um, and it's hard to do, but like there is a That's sequence funny. early on where you're asked to do something, and if you fail at doing that thing. The game keeps going. It's no game over screen. You are just locked out of out, That's of, good. out of Dogtown um, and can't continue the I mean, quest you, line. So we only have a few minutes left because I have to go, but or may, I, y'all can keep going. No. no How has Phantom Liberty up. been? Uh, I guess I'm the only one who's, who's, who's really played it. I, the, one of the big things that we, when Kato and I streamed it earlier this week, was rather than focusing on the primary narrative with the president of the new United States and Idris Elba's character and all that, <clears throat> was... One of the big disappointments of the base game, which is not solved in the game you're about, uh, many of you are about to play, which like the side quests, these gigs and things like are just boring. There's not much to them. They are just loot drops. They are experiences like occasionally once in a while you get a little dialogue, but they're what you learn over time is you instead like I resorted to chat telling me that one's good. That one's, that good. one's all one's right. Good. Yes. Yeah. I would have otherwise if I was playing that game by myself, I would have just learned reasonably I don't need to interface with these. Like I can just stick to a lot of the main quest stuff or the, like the big important side quest stuff and go from there. Uh, what is different here is I, they have really beefed up what is happening in a lot of the non main quest stuff where you are getting like more elaborate setups, executions, payoffs, like better writing, like, um, and it is meaningful and interesting to explore all of that stuff in a way where great. like uh, what I was doing in Phantom Liberty now is I'm ticking off every one of those boxes and then going to the next main quest thing because they structure it where it's like, hey, get through part of the story. We'll give you more of the side, more side stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm exploring all of that. And it's there's a oh, there's a tremendous whenever you get there. I don't want to explain it like. There's a there's one involving two cops that you're asked to go. Well, you could save them. And what's your definition of save? That is okay. exceptional. It is, it's, his, it's funny, it's interesting, it is self-aware of what it is asking yeah. you to do. Um, it's, it's, it's tremendous. Like, the, the writing is so, like, so much more consistent. And, you know, I, I alluded to this in, when we discussed uh, uh, Phantom Louie last week, but, like, it's part of the, 
what you get out of an expansion, right? It's a focused area of the game. It's right. it's a pretty They've small built a whole game already. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing and and also it's just a smaller span that they have to work with so they could just be yeah. denser and like raise the quality bar on everything that's there. But as I pointed out in our last discussion about it, a lot of this same team is supposed to be the team that like goes to work on the sequel that is like coming after this because they're only doing one main expansion and like this is kind of their goodbye to Cyberpunk. Um makes me very interested to see what this team with these lessons then does with a a full-on sequel yeah and i'm hoping a lot of that other side stuff is also better in that sequel because not just side quests but the world stuff that we're yeah. talking about the incongruity because i know there are people there i know there were people there at the time who were like this stuff sucks and that their voices were not raised um and a thing that happens often in in times like this is like or in this industry is like oh the people who were right about something the first run who get then get elevated in the second run can can help shape some stuff uh, a little more sharply um so i'm hoping that we see some of that absolutely yeah excited to play more no we're good uh well i think that uh i think that'll do it for another episode of remap radio uh, our theme song is moments pause by two mellow you can check out his work on two mellow makes bandcamp.com bandcamp which is now owned by song <laughs> song trader uh just sort of thrown out <laughs> ejected from epic and uh so so hopefully that all that all works out they appear to be another one of those music licensing uh companies that doesn't actually let you license songs but instead force you to sign up to a subscription service so that you can temporarily license songs great uh you can follow everything we do at remap radio on twitch blue sky twitter patrick did we get a mastodon well i'm asking we're on threads i post it all you post it everywhere post on threads youtube other platforms sure platforms not yet not yet dreamt of we're there somehow already uh, once again, we rely on our audience for support, and you can sign up to become a backer by going to remapradio.com and following the links and instructions you see there. Uh, this week, uh, things have been a little topsy-turvy because Kato is uh, unwell right now, and I'm, I've been hanging by a thread in places. But uh, we're going to get you – know, you should have heard it already, uh, Patrick and I talking about our – uh, various adventures in buying cars in the modern in the, in the modern landscape of uh, of cars and such uh, in an era of shortage uh, and of course your support also lets us set time aside for streaming uh, I think we had a we have a few plans this week um, Patrick are you and I still gonna get a stream in I don't uh, we're gonna figure this out. we're gonna talk about this after we do this podcast and figure out where we're at this week. <laughs> All right, we're going to figure out our plan. Uh, but then you and Ren should also be streaming tomorrow, right? That's that's a... Yes. Are we confident in that? I, yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 We are confident yeah. that a stream will be happening. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check mm-hmm. in with my editor about like whether or not the video will be out in time uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm currently waiting on them to send me... Is that a joke? Are you the editor? No, I've... I, uh, Rob... Okay, so just to quickly clarify for people why the video isn't out, uh, I finished the first draft of the edit... Uh, and then I think burnt out worse than I ever have in my entire like I I hit the ground I hit the ground like a cyclops uh, that has been knocked down by a thief's little explosion like I I dropped uh, and so ended up deciding to just like pay someone to finish this uh, because like I it would take too long to not uh, and so the video ideally should be coming out um, tomorrow uh, that is the that is the that is the plan. 
but I'm not going to make any fucking promises. I've already bitten. I've already, I've already fucked that too many times. Like I hit the point where I was like, I've fucked the rollout of this video and Patreon so badly that I don't care if it gets delayed another week because like truly it's already been bungled. So ideally you'll see me on a stream with Patrick tomorrow. You'll get it when it's done. Get it when it's done. You can just be like, "Where the the video's coming out on on Valve time? It's it's coming out. It's it's all those good things." But the Patreon like, is being right? given the. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't tweeted about it yet. Like, so okay. like the Patreon has been found by people who have like listened to this podcast or like gone to my Twitter and seen patreon.com slash Ren or Raven. But like, I haven't tweeted about it or anything because I didn't want to like post about it before it was like fully ready. But yes, if you would like to help me make money to eat food to live, uh, then you can support me at patreon.com slash Ren or Raven. Ren or Raven. Ren or Raven. R-E-N. R-E-N-R-A-V-E-N. Yes, all those letters in that sequence, too. Love it. All right. Armor Core 6 uh, is really good. That's it. (laughs) I just want to be on record. I haven't said that anywhere. Good game. Armor Core 6, a good video game. Yeah, you put it on the box. By how many out of 10? Don't. uh, It's up there. Oh, don't make that, that, that gets on the box. Oh, it's up it's, there, Austin. Oh, the it's up there. Oh, it's a Rima Radio World exclusive. <laughs> Austin Walker. The, the two-page oh, spread with all the four-star reviews, ten yeah. out of tens, and then like tiny little text. <laughs> oh, it's up there. Rima Radio guest Austin Walker. Oh, it's up there. I will. Okay, just slightly behind the scenes. I know I was asked to leave, but when I got the email about, hey, do you want to come play Dragon's Dogma? Yeah, I checked with Austin. Make sure uh, his schedule lined up. And then I emailed uh, the PR people handling it at Capcom. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm actually going to send Austin Walker. And like the response was like, does he even still work with you? And I was like, reasonable, <laughs> reasonable, like reasonable, reasonable question. question. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the person was like aware enough to be like, why? Like, yeah. why are you sending? I was like, oh, but no, I, Austin, like you can, you can buy drugs off Austin in the remap parking lot. Uh, <laughs> still, I'm just to, around. To I day. just hang around. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, 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 kind just, of a just Jay hanging. and Silent and, Bob are a part of it. You know what I mean? Like they don't work <laughs> at the convenience store, but. <laughs> and now Ren's going to be out there too. Like <laughs> Ren's also going to be around. It was just uh, so like funny gonna, because it was like, with Ren. like, it may sound like, hey, I, I don't want to show up, but like, can my friend come instead? Like, they're not going to write about it, but like, can my friend play Dragon's Dogma? <laughs> like, that was the vibe. I was like, no, they're going to be on a podcast. And can our <laughs> other friend watch our friend yeah. play uh-huh. Dragon's Dogma? Yeah. The one who actually does work with us? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> well, thank you for having uh, me. Thanks for, for, you know, letting me play Dragon's Dogma too. Absolutely. And uh, Ren, when that video does come out, we'll be excited to Thanks. promote it. And we're looking forward to, uh, to, to to seeing it. And we're looking forward to seeing you uh, both like grow as an essayist and uh, take off as a game designer as well. Like we're super stoked to see what you do um, and we'll be supporting you all the way. And you're not going to be a stranger, I hope. No, I, I, I hope not. As a listener, I also hope. Also. Renata Price. Oh, she's up there. Oh, she's up there. Oh, she's up there. <laughs> put it on the box. You got a box. Or you, got a, you put it on the Patreon. You know, put yeah, it on the Brent, Patreon. If you, want to, if you want to take that quote, put it on the yeah. Patreon. Uh, oh, she's I up will. there. Patrick oh, Clark. she's up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it'll, it'll be right there. Front page. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we'll be back next week with another episode of Remap Radio. Until then, uh, thanks so much for choosing to spend some of your time with us. And uh, Austin, why don't you take us out? Buck capitalism, go home.